from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome to Guys We Fucked. (laughs) Guys We Fucked. Guys We Fucked. I'm Christina. I'm Corinne. We're sorry Sorry about about last last night. night. The anti-slut-shaming podcast. (laughs) I never stop. (laughs) Hey, fuckers. Welcome to another episode of Guys We Fucked. It's the anti-slut-shaming podcast. I'm Corinne. I'm Christina. Hello. You're here. Are you at your desk? Are you in your car? Are you jogging? Are you having sex right now? That's odd. But you know what? Whatever you do with your own body, it's your choice. Hey, today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. Yes, you heard that right. Even 3 a.m. Can't imagine fitting another appointment into your fucking life, you busy lady or man. Well, with Talkspace, therapy is as easy as sending your therapist a message via text. No uh, no commutes, no leaving the office, no judgments to match with the perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy. Go to Talkspace.com slash GWF. Use code GWF to get $30 off your first month and show you support for this show. That's Talkspace.com slash GWF. Talkspace, if it's good enough for Steven, it's good enough for everybody else. I like that it says no judgments. Like people are just leaving their office to go to therapy and everyone's like, look at that fucking you sad sack of fucking shit. fat loser. What a fucking idiot. Oh my God. Idiot. You gross, crusty, <laughs> old. Oh my uh, God. Come see us live. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys, we're going to be in Denver, Colorado. Corinne and I. Uh, we got some surprises for you for this gig. It's very exciting. Corinne and I are going to be at the Comedy Works tonight tomorrow and that's it but that's going to be really it's thursday friday saturday but you're listening to this friday right because that's when this comes out so uh i hope tickets are still available they probably will be but only a little bit because we have a great market in denver and uh comedy works is one of our favorite clubs so please come see us we have two shows tonight two shows tomorrow and the following weekend we are in charlotte north carolina you asked for it you got it we're gonna be at the comedy zone march 22nd through the 24th uh come see us you if you you know this was a highly requested location yes it was we've literally never performed in north carolina no well besides the ted talk but that was separate oh yeah i forgot about that that was a separate instance Uh, so we've never performed stand-up comedy really besides that random bar show okay i'm really just and my mom's gonna be there in North Carolina? Yeah, because she oh. has a we have a family friend in South Carolina who's driving to North Carolina for the show. Well, there you go. Uh, so we're going to make my mom cry. You got to come, guys. It's going to be so cool. Other places that we're heading, St. Louis, Portland, please just go to sorryaboutlastnightcomedy.com slash tours for all of our dates. Also, don't forget, April 2nd, 2018. That's this year. Two Less Lonely Girls. It's a podcast for adult women and men 
probably going to be gay, but if you're straight, that's great. Celebrate <laughs> it. Um, hosted by Rosebud Baker, who you've heard on the podcast, and myself, I'm Corinne Fisher. Uh, it's really cool. It's free. It's 30 minutes or less, so you can listen to all the podcasts, which really should just be guys who fucked and two less only girls. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, it's the only ones you need. And jammers. Oh, listen to jammers too. Um, but I'm not on that. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the, per- the guy I fuck is. And make sure to pick up Christina's album. Maybe oh, yeah. It's you. I was, you, I was leading I was you say. into it, but I'll just yeah, 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 no, do no. it for you. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just promoting other people's things because, you know. Um, yes. You know what? I'm deciding right here, right now, okay, with regards to the comedy album that I did with Joseph Vessi's former guys who fuck guests, a comedy person, writes for Adam Sandler and works for Happy Madison. Him and I created a comedy album called Maybe It's You. It's available on iTunes, uh, Google play uh not stitcher um <laughs> uh whatever the one is for Android. i think that's google play if you buy if you've already purchased the album or if you buy the album up until march 31st 11 59 p a.m <laughs> shut up christina this seems polished no it's no polished we we uh joseph and i have bonus tracks that we weren't sure what we were going to do with and oh, i just decided good, yeah. right here right now email that receipt to Maybe it's you, the letter U album at gmail.com. Maybe it's you, the letter U album at gmail.com. Uh, and we will send you, I personally, I'm going to be the one that's doing it. Um, we'll send you Make bonus Joseph tracks. Do it. Oh, I guess you're promoting on a larger platform. That's so true. <laughs> yeah. True? You know what? Joseph's going to do it. Cause suck my clit, Joseph, just cause you're a man. Doesn't mean you could do a little bitch work, huh? Huh? Do a little bitch work for me. Thank you. So, but if you buy the album forward, your copy of the receipt, you have up until March 31st to, and we will mail you, email you back personally, myself and or Joseph, but probably Joseph. Cause now I want him to do it. Cause now I'm pissed. Uh, we'll email you bonus tracks. And also, uh, no, I, was, I just didn't know if you were done yet. Oh, no, I'm done. I know I got, I got to oh, do okay, it. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> and when you're done with that, you're going to need some beauty products because you're going to be stressed as fuck. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to do nachos. So, oh, I didn't, it's not on there. This is very, this is not put together. And also we've been drinking. Um, okay, so what? then I'm not, there's no yeah. dates on here. <laughs> so true. So uh, Nacho Bitches, guys, that's the show that I do every month. Literally been doing it for years. So you should just know about it by it's now. Good fucking show, man. If you're in New York City, uh, Nacho Bitches is Friday, March 30th at 11th. 30 p.m. at New York Comedy Club, which is on the corner of East 24th Street and 2nd Avenue in New York City. Just use code NACHO. You'll get in for $12. Uh, There's a two-drink minimum, but like, why wouldn't you be drinking two drinks anyway? And you can drink soda if you're an alcoholic. That's an excuse. If you're 16 or and up, you can get in. So if you're under 21, again, soda, chips, nachos. Popcorn. Make it a fucking night for yourselves. We have a fucking phenomenal lineup. I am so excited um, for that. And it's going to be hosted by me and someone, whoever decides to fly into town whatever Corinne's gonna be there and that's all that matters pretty much I'm so excited for that weekend because the following day Saturday March 31st at 7 30 p.m. oh it's Glamapus hosted by myself and Wendy Starling it's at 7 30 p.m. at Zinc Bar in the West Village which is at 82 West 4th Street tickets are 15 bucks you have to be 21 and ups for this one so you can't if you're 16 to 20 I'm sorry you're great, but you can't come. Um, but I love you and it's going to be fun. And ticket links for all of the shows that we are mentioning are in the description of this podcast. Yes. And guys, the FabFitFun Spring Box bop, is bop, 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 here. Bop. <laughs> uh, you know, this brand, I don't know if this is in the copy that we're allowed to say, but God, I wanted to hate this box and I oh, cannot get I enough. Wanted- 
of I wanted this box. To, too. I want to die in the box. It's really, it's I wow. want them to open me up and cremate me in a fat fat box with a sample of cremation <laughs> materials provided by someone wrapped in a poncho. I want a real housewife to rub my fucking ashes all over their goddamn face. In a Rachel Pally clutch. Holy shit. <laughs> With four fashion forward products to launch your look into full bloom for spring. Because if you don't get this box, basically, you're, you're going to look like bitch. a trash heap. looking <laughs> Walking around town just like a un- not put together piece of shit. Um, you're going to get amazing things. You're going to get a Rachel Pally clutch in three reversible designs. Holy shit, I have one and it is reversible. <laughs> and yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, it is reversible. I'm going to confirm that right here. Uh, you're gonna so get, honest. I love it. You're going to get a Meyer Brenner Designs love bracelet, uh, which I'm not going to wear. But you know what? It's a great <laughs> gift to bring to someone's birthday party when you forget that you're invited to it. Honestly, I've done that with a few FabFitFun things. Some of them were items I wanted to keep. But lazy right. bitch me over here right. didn't go shopping. This shit is so cheap. It's like just invest the money. I mean, the products and the thing aren't. I don't. Even, I think they must be losing money. I don't on know this. how they do it. I don't know how they're the, doing the it. The items they send you are very expensive, but for whatever the fuck reason, it's not an expensive thing to subscribe to this box. It seems to me like it's they're excited. They're going with the fell off the back of the truck method, <laughs> but you know that's probably not what they want in their what? branding content. His tire <laughs> fell off the axle. Uh, plus seven self care products for a relaxed, relaxing night of pampering. They're they're giving away full candles, guys. They're just full like a candles. full one, though. Not even like a fucking cheap ass tea light. In a box, including a free people and understated leather starry eye mask. Holy shit, this eye mask is so cute. I love I it. In my freezer. The Murad Skin Perfecting Face Lotion, Ultra Light and Oil Free, and more. And there's no samples. The total retail value Holy of the shit. Fat Fit Fun Spring Box is over $350. Okay, that Again, makes sense. I'm going to put a hard confirm on that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> describe what it. Oh, now I'm just reading things that they're telling us to do. Here we we go to Corinne Fisher on the scene. She has a fat fit bum box open. Corinne. I love that it says describe what it felt like when you got your first box. I mean, that sounds like the first time I ate someone's vagina. I've been lo- an ugly bitch my whole life. And when I opened the fat fit bum box, I felt like a pretty bitch. Honestly, though, I really like it. I mean, I guess it just felt like I had friends that were able to give me nice gifts <laughs> yeah, for once. rich friends. Which has never happened in my life. I guess it just <laughs> feels like I knew a lot of people who were taking OxyContin and <laughs> following it with Malbec. That's, I mean, that's what it really Malbec. felt. You know, that's this, what it really felt like. This, this intro is fab fit and fun, if I tell you what. It's man. fab fit. And you're not fab fit and fun, then go fuck yourself. That's in that last <laughs> F that they left com. off. So sign up for fab fit fun today to get your spring box. The fab that's not a pussy. <laughs> no, it's not. The Fab Fit Fun Spring Box is in limited supply, and these boxes always sell out, which is true. And again, third hard confirm on this copy. <laughs> uh, use our code GWF to get ten dollars off your first box. Go to FabFitFun.com to sign up and start getting the box for a life well lived. Again, use promo code GWF to get ten dollars off your first box. That's over three hundred and fifty dollars for only thirty nine ninety nine. FabFitFun.com. GWF, $10 off. This is a really good deal. Honestly, you know what I figured really out is. the key to any product? Make girls feel special. Oh, I thought it was make them feel like ugly bitches. Oh, uh, that too. That's well, another tactic. Well, no, first make them feel like ugly bitch, but then when they have your, the experience of your product, make them feel special. Right, say, so don't worry, we got something just I for you. I used to be an ugly bitch, but now with that fit fun, I have a, a sweater that costs a lot of money. Right now, hooker. <laughs> Guys, we fucked is brought to you in part by Zola. 
They are reinventing the wedding planning and registry experience to make the happiest moments in couples' lives even happier. With over 500 top brands and 50,000 gifts, experiences, and cash funds, Zola Registry has everything you love about your favorite department store, plus everything like honeymoon funds, fitness classes, wine subscriptions, and more. So you can be like, Tiffany, I don't want to fucking bowl for my wedding. I want a yoga class. You can personalize your registry with photos and notes, and Zola offers price matching and free shipping. Better yet, Zola's friendly, uh, friendly customer service team will go above and beyond, helping your loved one pick out the perfect blender, walking your grandmother through the registry, and more. And Zola's full suite of tools can be managed with the Zola Weddings app for iPhone and Android. Join over 300,000 couples who have used Zola. To sign up with Zola and receive $50 credit towards your registry, I was going to say your first one, but hopefully it's your only one, go to Zola.com slash GWF. That's Zola, Z-O-L-A dot com slash GWF for $50 towards your registry. Last ad, we promise. Burrow, handcrafted in the USA with high quality fabrics and hard wood. <laughs> Burrow makes luxury couches for real fucking life. Who should weave in that they have a burrow in their own home? Well, hey, get that's convenient because I'm staring at one right now. It's a fucking great couch. Well, I have a one seater and it's beautiful. And I honestly have been, re I redid my living room and I was, didn't want to keep the couch that I'm currently sitting on because I got it at a thrift store, but a lot of really fancy people have sat on this couch. So I'm very thankful that Burrow <laughs> allowed us to get a piece of their furniture because this is the type of furniture that I kind of wanted. This is the look and feel I wanted. And I fucking love it. It's very comfortable. Harrison Greenbaum bought the whole couch for his apartment. Oh, really? Oh, and I, I've been redoing his apartment for him so that oh, really? he can get laid more. And oh, good. he just not, without even, me giving him advice on the couch he showed me a burrow couch <gasps> did you give him the code uh of course but okay, i good. but i convinced him to go with the brick color because i said do a strong pop of color i i yeah i channeled people I, I channeled queer Team eye gun? and i said do a brick oh the yeah, brick looks brick. great it looks great in his apartment it's the same quality you expect from high-end retailers without breaking the fucking bank plus everything is customizable you pick your size, the color, the armrest height. You could do high or low. It's really cool. I did low to get the couch that's perfect for you. Burrow couches are even stain resistant. I didn't know that. That is very good to know. Alfred so now loves I'll be, it. Now I'll be oh more God. relaxed at parties. Yeah. So you can have your cake and eat it too. Goddamn right. Or your wine or two bottles of wine. <laughs> Girl, you crazy. Better yet, all burrow furniture is easy to put together and take apart. That's very true. It kind of reminded me of uh, speakers or like amps at music shows. Like they have those clip-on things. And I was like, wait, how can this be a couch? Oh my God, it's a couch. It's kind of cool. No tools, no tears. Well, unless you're me. No broken nails. I just cry all the time. No tools required. Already said that. Oh, I, th I thought it meant, I thought that was supposed to be read as tears, not oh. tears. No tears. <laughs> Who's crying no. when they're putting together furniture? Oh, this, not me. That's so pandering that's if this sad. is the copy for women. <laughs> it's tears and tears are spelled the same. Yeah. <sighs> I guess no tears. I hope English it's no tears. English is confusing. <laughs> and you don't have to worry about getting your couch up and down those stairs. Enjoy 30 days of, of cozy on your burrow risk-free. If for any reason you choose not to keep it. <laughs> I feel like we're talking about something else, but there we are. A the baby. return process is simple. You can abort your burrow. <laughs> <laughs> Go try a burrow couch for yourself. It's the your right. choice is yours. It's <laughs> your body. It's your living room. It's your burrow. Oh, shit. Order today and it will ship in just one week. Use promo code GWF at burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com. You get 
fucking bucks off your order. That is B-U-R-R-O-W.com. Offer code in all caps. G-W-F. Burrow is your choice. Ugh. And speaking of abortion, I went off the birth control pill. Oh, whoa. I didn't get an abortion, but whoa. I might need I didn't to know get, that. I might need to get one. Yeah, I didn't tell you. You might need to get one? No, no, you, no, no. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, oh, no. Why did you, you go off? I think because I've been on it since I was 18. You want to see? And I've been just are taking it. Are you horny uh, no, literally uh, nothing has changed. Well, how long have you been off of it? Uh, like, oh, like a week. Oh, nothing changed for me. And uh, for like two weeks, I would say. Yeah, I was going to get out of your body. I was going to give it a couple of months. I just was like, I've just, there's over the years, there's been like kind of little things that have happened. Like my acupuncturist, my acupuncturist basically said, and I've talked about this years ago on the podcast that you could actually be attracted to a different type of man. I off the, off the yep. birth control pill. Yeah. But that's weird for you because you were. I was off of the pill yeah. when I met Steven. I got on the pill and then I went off. I was on, I've been on and off the pill. But did your attraction to him change? Rather, uh, My sex drive changed. Oh. So I guess, I guess, I guess you could chalk it up to what? I was still attracted to him, but I didn't want to have sex. I didn't have sex with anybody. Mm. Not that I didn't want to have sex with somebody else. See, that's different. This was like, she was saying like literally the type of man, like the energy, the type of thing that that person is bringing to the table. Really? So I was just, I was like. I like the smell of Steven's skin. When I got off of birth control, I noticed that like I would like hug him and mm. like his bare shoulder and I would just breathe in his smell. And I re- that's something that I never experienced on birth control. Oh, see, I always like the smell of people I'm dating. That's like an, I'm a very like if I don't like your smell, I cannot date you. It's yeah. really important for me. Like I like well, makes sense. Wear people's shirts when they're not there. Like I I'm, like, yeah. smell like pillows and stuff. Well, as long as there's nothing gross on Sometimes it. Sometimes I'll put it on his deodorant when he's gone for a while. Because I miss him and I want to smell him. <laughs> you sound like a and widow. Then I wear a skin. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just had been thinking about going off for a, a really long time. But like when you're not in a committed relationship, I don't know, some people would disagree, but I think the best time to go off birth control is when you're in a relationship. Yeah. Not when you're going to like fucking accidentally get drunk and have sex with somebody in a bar. That's a nightmare to yeah, me. Yeah, that I'd want to be on birth control for. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to kind of see how my body reacted. Also, like, I, I'm just like, can't lose weight for shit. Like, oh, I birth control is usually true. I that. fucking do. You diet, eat, you eat salads, girl. I diet. And you exercise. And I work out more three than times literally anybody I know. And I just, you wake up early to exercise. Can't lose weight. So I'm just a lot of things, but like mostly like just to see if like my anything is different. Like, I've never felt a different energy or I've never felt like I was depressed or whatever because of it. There's not a really a reason. I was just, it was just really a scientific experiment. Because yeah. uh, I was like, well, I'm 32. Now, and, are you, you know. and James going to use condoms? Yeah, we already did. We, I had a, I had a convert. I had a, an adult talk with him before I um, went off of it. And he was, I was like, oh God, he's going to be, but it's like, I don't like condoms either, you know? Right. So uh, he was actually very receptive to the conversation and totally cool with it. Good. And because uh, he knows I like my woo-woo stuff and I can't, he probably was, you know, even weird, like didn't understand that I was on, on birth control to begin with because it wasn't like some tree bark that I stuffed up my pussy. I'm always giving him oh, like home remedies for shit. Oh, I got it. I really don't take any medicine except for like Excedrin migraine because I literally can't get get through the day without it if Mm. I have a migraine and then birth control. (laughs) But I was just like, well, that's the only one thing that I'm left on. And it's just like, there's too many things that you read about big pharma and people fucking controlling you. I'm getting real crazy in my old age. Uh, Or wise. And I just, and I'm like, well, you know what? I just want to make sure that I'm like 100% me. Yeah. So I, I would believe that. Yeah. I'll it, keep everyone updated. It affects so many women's moods. And with the clinical trial, when the men tried a form of birth right. control, most of them dropped out of the study because their mood. Yeah. And so, I mean, God, if it can affect 
men like that, yeah. it's it, the effect on women has to be like more severe. Yeah, the only thing is like, I feel like I've been 100% me since I was like four years, since as long back as I can remember. Right. And I went out on birth control when I was 18 and I did not Just experience any negative change. I'm really worried about when my period comes, if it's going to be fucking Niagara Falls because my I- My first two were yeah. uh, Cramp City. Yeah, I, I, I like woke up in the middle of the night and got my period and was cramping so bad I had to go in the bathtub like in the middle of the night. But that's but not normal. I have, I have cystic ov- ovaries though. It's not normal for anyone. Like a lot of American women experience really bad cramping yeah. during their periods and it's not I normal. Don't and Asian women don't. I still do even on the pill. Like not so bad that I can't move but like day one is like really like I don't, I'm very lethargic. Yeah. I definitely like the day before I get my period I really feel really bad cramping the whole day. You never get moody. Which I... Yeah, I know. If anything, like uh, the week before I get my period, I'm like more I'm nicer to my significant other. Like I'm more like needy, cuddly. Yeah, that's yeah. all. But like I actually like the cramps the day before because it gives me a warning because well, I'd, ra- I'd rather have cramping than ruin a pair of pants. So true. That's like kind of how I go about it. But I'm just I'm kind of really curious. Uh, yeah, because my acupuncturist and I had a, a conversation with uh, my friend Walker, who, you know. Yeah. And she like she was like, I lost like 10 pounds. And like that probably was... Oh, the weight loss thing. Pretty much everybody I've ever talked to. But I didn't gain any weight. And anything that anyone does that they're like, I, yeah, I lost to weight. I lost weight on this. I stopped eating Cheetos and uh, nothing. Literally nothing. There's nothing... It's only been a week. Though, ...that right? anyone's ever done that they've told me where they... Besides me literally intaking like a thousand calories a day. Right. That's made me lose weight. That's the only thing. Right. And that's just really no way to live. Yeah, it's annoying. It's, I mean, it's not, it's more than annoying. Like it ruins my life. Wait, what ruins your life? Eating a thousand calories a day. That's all you eat a day. Oh wait, no, 1200 is like the minimum that you can eat a day. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. When you're on a, when you're on a diet for someone. And you don't even get angry when you're hungry. I just, wow. I just feel, that's cool. You know, more lost than anything. (laughs) Yeah. No, I don't get melancholy. I don't get hangry. If anything, I just like. My stomach makes a lot of noise and like, I'll, I'll just like, just like slowly, <laughs> you'll faint. slowly get dehydrated and then tip over. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. My mood is just, is, there's not a lot of things that really affect it. That's Except for so cool. Food, eating food positively That's why you're such a good comedy it. partner. Why? You never get moody. Oh. Sorry. Oh. It sucks. You gotta. It, it's gotta okay. My, my friend Tracy growing up was very moody. So I really liked her. I was used to it. Okay, good. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't. It's, but it's not like I'm not feeling feelings. I am. It's just like, yeah, this is who They're I am. They're just not extreme feelings. Yeah. That's so cool. This is just who I am. I'm kind of always like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm curious. I'm curious. If it'll make do anything different to your, I'm curious. your badge. I'm curious too, just because I don't know. I don't trust, yeah, I don't trust medicines. And, but what if I just, do, what if I go off it and anyone who I met after a- age 18, I don't like anymore? <laughs> Wait, but what if though? I'll be like, pump what it if back you in, don't pump it back what, in? <laughs> I don't care. I don't have time to get a new friend set. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Oh my God. Please tell me if you get sick of me. Um, you can be honest. If I'm just like, if I just start, what if I turn it, what if I get, do something weird? Like if I just start braiding my hair and, and, and being oh, like a monk. I would, I would, I would bring it to your attention immediately. <laughs> if you did anything off brand. What if brand, I go full Rachel Dolezal? <laughs> and got a perm and put spray tan on. If I start on. identifying as a different race. Oh boy. Oh no. Uh, you know what? I'd let it go on for a little bit only because I think it's very for entertaining. Instagram story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotta get those likes, baby. Gotta get those likes. Speaking um, of likes. Oh God. We didn't get many this past week. Oh yeah. Except a ticket to Humbletown. <laughs> woo woo. <laughs> oh boy. 
You know, when it's like one day you're selling out a theater and your yeah. parents come and they're proud of you and they can see you stand upset without wincing at the curse words you say because they're sitting amongst the packed house of 1,100 people. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, you're in the cafeteria of a college performing for 10 mm-hmm. in a room that could hold a 1,000. Do you think it could hold, that room could have hold a, held a 1,000? If they all stood really close. Yeah. It's just, it's nice to be humbled. It really is. I appreciate it and I think it's very funny. I feel like it was unnecessary to go to Canada to be humbled. Oh, yeah. Could have gotten humbled here. <laughs> we could have easily got-, got humbled here. <laughs> oh, we did. Well, in Jersey. Right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> but also, shout out to Bananas Comedy Club because I the, I adore the that place. sales were good. Yeah. Um, the, there was other <laughs> adjustments I would have made, but, you know. it's It was so it's sweet because the person who ran the club, very w- one lovely, lovely person. Denise, shout out. Yeah. Wonderful she lady. She fucking loved that chick. And she, we have a video that plays. We have an exclusive video that plays on the top of our, all of our tours. So the Guys Effect Experience had a, uh, had a, a comedy video that played. That's only, you can only see it if you go to the show. Now it's actually online. So go to our YouTube page and watch it. But uh, it's really good. And we created a new video for the Bridget Bishop tour that is... I fucking love and uh, <laughs> and we get there and the woman was like I couldn't you know I couldn't we couldn't figure out the projector like to, to filter the sound through the speakers of the room so I'm just gonna put a microphone up to the laptop and I was like fine yeah you know you just you know you get expectations set and you're like okay that's fine and you gotta then, pick your battles and then the show started and you the, the video didn't work and you just heard this woman go it worked last time what the like she was so pissed at herself and it was very funny. It was a special evening. I felt like I was in a Christopher Guest movie because yeah. we were very tired because we just flew back from Canada after performing for a cafeteria of five. Yeah. It was, um, you know, it, it's sometimes the comedy, like I think people look at comedians and think that we're just having fun and we're not doing a lot of work. That's very untrue. Though. There's a lot of, oh, so and then we work. also fucking broke into Porter Airlines. <gasps> oh my God. That's the, my favorite story from the Canadian trip. Oopsies. Yeah, we don't. So if you're in Canada, you know Porter Airlines, great airline. Um, however, great font. We didn't really realize that there was a communal waiting area in the airport. Yeah, the Billy Bishop Airport. Yeah. Shout out to Billy. <laughs> uh, apparently, you, there's a communal waiting area. You don't wait at the gate like you would at any right. other air, airport. But, but us bitch ass American girls. Well, we're trying to get ahead as women. And we said, ain't no electronically closed door going to hold us back. So, you know, when you peel open an electronic door at an airport and alarms start going off and you keep walking. Yeah, that's what we did. We're like, no I was like, whatever. That was, I don't know. That was probably for someone else. No us. one's here. And these doors seem really un- unnecessarily heavy. heavy. <laughs> <laughs> and, but the thing was, I have to give a shout out to Porter Airlines because number one, you could kind of tell maybe this happened before, but we should have gotten shot. So uh, yeah, in America, in any other country, we would have been tackled. Porter Airlines. would have been hot. They maybe. were so nice about it. Yeah. She was like, oh, no, 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 no. It's not time yet. She said, go back to the She's communal like, oh, area. Oh, no, you guys. She like apologized to us. She apologized to us. And then she sent us back to the communal area where we got free water, granola, and the best damn walkers cookies I've ever had walkers, in my fucking life. British shit. It's They're British shit. They're just giving away. Yeah. And Corinne goes to me, man, if this was in America, there would be poop in the granola. <laughs> I'm like, you're goddamn right. There would have been cigarette butts in the tea. That's the main thing. When you go to other countries and you see that they're treating their citizens like adults. And then their citizens are acting like adults. Except us. So whenever we fucking go to Canada and we're in a situation where the country treats their citizens as if they know better, we fuck up. We broke into the Porter Airlines thing. And then we were at that goddamn spa outside where we were like, wow, they just trust people that they don't, there's not even warning signs. And then- 
I eat it on the fucking steps on the way to the little baby sauna. Well, you just fell. That's not it. I mean, I know. I'm just, I'm just very, uh, I'm very uh, shocked, I guess, at how they don't even, like in the United States, I guess, because everybody's so happy. They're like, don't trip and fall. Wash your hands. Don't put poop in your eye. Oh my God. And then you're <laughs> like, big, okay. That's a big, Amer- anyone who's not, not American, your eye. if you come here, it's a big no, no. poop in your eye. But it's just, I mean, it's like, it's you know, like America's like, you know, a land of the free home of the brave, but it's also like, we're, we are cake. We kind of are, we're treated like caged animals, but we yeah. deserve it. Yeah. Also, we yeah. really deserve it. Yeah. We need to clean our acts up. Like we're we're, we're not just little fucks. Like never in yes. Canada do I see do I see gum under seats? Never was map just polite. fucking. What's our problem? Dookie on the street. <laughs> Come on, ain't no dookie in the Canadian granola. Come on, man, you put out a bowl of granola in New York City. Dookie Town population, you. <laughs> oh man! All right, we're. Adults. I got a serious email I want to read. Is, oh, I have an email wanna... too. Mine's. I mean, how serious is yours? Mine's semi, but mine's well, not really that serious actually. But maybe to the people involved, it is. It has to do with abortion. Okay. Well, I got. Should I read mine first, or you're, you want to read yours first? Do we want to go sad, happy, or happy sad? Probably sad, happy. Okay, then you go. Right. Okay. <laughs> so uh, the subject is the pain of being a guy supporting women. Within a uh, in with a quote conservative value. Hi, Corinne and Christina. I've tried to shorten this email as much as I can, but it's still uh, about little over a page in length. Cool. Uh, I love your show, and it has been quite liberating to hear the various issues that you discuss. Most of my life, I've been ashamed of my gender because of the double standard that women face in our society. The idea that women were seen as second class for so long made me live in fear of becoming that sort of guy. Seeing my peers use women made me wish I wasn't a guy. Your show has helped me with that. I've heard the female perspective more and heard guys that were sexually libertine, but still genuinely good guys. So thank you. Why I'm writing. I'm adopted. I was listening to the episode from January 26th when you stated that you're, if you're pro-life, that you should be called anti-choice. The most recent instance of listening to my views be marginalized on your otherwise uh, utterly wonderful podcast. I'm not trying to change your minds on the abortion issue, but I am hoping to put a human face to the other side of the argument and demonstrate that holding a pro-life view doesn't make someone sexist, ignorant, or relevant. I was the unwanted pregnancy. I very easily could have been the aborted child. I recently met my biological family and learned the circumstances of my adoption. Abortion would have been a far easier choice for my biological mom to have made. She went into hiding to carry me to term. I understand that you likely don't think that I was a person uh, yet during the early parts of pregnancy, but this is a debatable opinion, not an unqualified fact. We don't yet know what creates uh, consciousness. When I hear that I'm just, quote, anti-choice because I hate abortion, it feels like two icons of my own values are marginalizing my very life in the name of my own pro-female and pro-diversity values. After all, pro-choice people see abortion as part of the women's empowerment movement for logical reasons. I don't support making abortion illegal because I don't think it will decrease abortions, rather merely drive them underground, make them more dangerous and hurt women in an already difficult circumstance. I want to end this vast majority. I want to end the vast majority of abortion by changing people's minds on the subject, not by law, but by voluntary uh, voluntary actions and an improved adoption system. Please consider how someone like myself must feel. I hear many women say that I don't have the right to hold an opinion because I am a 
the guy. Like abortion and pregnancy doesn't affect me. But the abortion debate affected every aspect of my life because my biological mother had the debate within herself. Literally every aspect of my life is the result of her decision about abortion. Again, I'm not trying to change your opinion about abortion. I just want uh, just to understand that holding a pro-life view doesn't make someone sexist, ignorant, or irrelevant. From my perspective, abortion is indeed a form of murder. And yet the needs, dangers, and crisis of women seeking abortions are very real, including some of my friends and former lovers. My position is very difficult to hold with sincerity because both sides' argument, uh, both sides arguments tear you up inside. I do understand that unwanted pregnancy is utterly terrifying and can ruin one's life. I refuse to penetrate my girlfriend even with a condom for fear of, of condom and birth control failure. I fear pregnancy even more than she does. So even though it's a very emotional subject for me, I do understand your side of the subject. All I'm asking for is please, please stop acting like every person who's pro-life is only interested in controlling the lives of women. It's not that simple. And it hurts to hear your, you badmouth those of us who disagree on this subject. We're not all misogynists. Maybe I should uh, just grow a thicker skin, but coming from the girls of Sorry About Last Night, it hurts a lot more than a random stranger because you represent most of my values on sex, women, and diversity, and I respect you both. Thank you for reading my email. I will continue to be a fan, and when I'm less broke, I intend to buy your book, Fucked, respectfully and with love, Edward. Um, I wanted to read this email because um, when I've talked about abortion in the past, I know I get very heated, and I am not... I'm still trying to figure out how to articulate my viewpoints gracefully and, and with just gracefully uh, about, about this. I do still think that pro-life equals anti-choice. Uh, however, I un- it's interesting because this guy who wrote us this, him and I agree on a lot of the same things. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want abortion to be illegal. I don't want it to be illegal either, obviously. I do wish there were less abortions in the world, but that's because I wish that people were educated more. And um, this was an example of of writing us uh, on, a, on a very divisive topic in a way that I'm like, okay, I hear you. I understand what you're saying. And I really appreciate you talking to me about this and sharing your point of view. And, uh, you know, I, I will say too, my mother's biological mom, had she had the option to have a safe and legal abortion, she probably would have. Right. Um, because she had kids. She killed herself because her children got t- taken away from her because she couldn't care for them. She was mentally ill. She was broke. Mm-hmm. There was in the adoption papers that my mom dug up, there was uh, stories about them eating uh, muskrats mm-hmm. uh, that they that the mom would catch oh and feed them and Jeez. then make soup out of it. So obviously it would have been made her life easier if she just not had children, in mm-hmm. which case I wouldn't have been here. And I... And I totally understand that. Um, I'm still for educating women and men. And the fact that I will say the fact that you, it said here that the the person who wrote this email could not penetrate his girlfriend that I would say, I would talk to a therapist about that only because if she's on birth control and you're wearing a condom, that's, you know, well, it makes me think that like the decision, like he wouldn't be able to support an ad- uh, the decision for her to have an abortion and then right. it would be an issue. I mean, this is, is a super constructive uh, email. Yeah. You know, h- happy to accept any uh, th- different thoughts on the matter. And I definitely don't think like, you know, I I also do- think that more so than the anti-choice, being anti-choice, I just kind of think it's really like just a, a women's issue. And I know yeah. people get really angry about that, but I, I'm really not going to move on that. Totally. But and for this, I mean, I think this is interesting 
just like everything, like it, there, there's a real bias because of his situation here. Totally. Because he, if I didn't, I understand. didn't exist because, because of something like I would understand it, but like that also doesn't but mean that's, that's creating a dilemma in your head that never exists. Like that doesn't exist yeah. because you do exist. Yeah, if you didn't like, exist. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know you didn't, didn't exist. Exactly. And I like n- never no. I don't think anyone who is uh pro-choice is ever saying like, there's not going to be a lot of wonderful people in the world. If we don't abort anyone, like I'm of sure, course, yeah. I'm sure we're killing off like a lot of people who would be amazing. Just the same as if, you know, with immigration policies, we're not letting a lot of wonderful, hardworking people. Yeah. In. No one's saying any of that. These people aren't great people Yeah, because it always comes from like a feeling thing. Like, oh, we have to, all these people are wonderful people. Like, well, no one's saying that they're not, that's not really the issue. Totally. Um, and and it's kind of kind of goes back to just like uh, you know if if you don't want there to be abortions we need to number one educate people like you said yeah. we need education to- is definitely the key in not making abortion illegal because as this guy said in his email if you make it illegal women will figure it out or they will make an attempt and it'll probably take their own life right and then and then also like we talked about a couple episodes ago and this is not something that's commonly talked about especially in America but women are still dying in large yeah. numbers during childbirth. Yep. And so then it goes back to the conversation of, well, what life is more important, a life that doesn't truly exist yet or a life that is already in the process of being lived. And I'm always going to go with a life that's in the process of being lived. Unfortunately, we should not have to pick, but, you know, no one's getting much help here. Um, Yeah. yeah. And it's just you want to feel like you have control. And, you know, it's just like and and, and putting a child up for adoption. Holy shit. I mean, that's to have an abortion. Very painful. And also having an abortion is an emotionally. I mean, some people are not affected by it a lot everybody I know that's ever had one that is a fucking rough day that's one of the worst days ever for them well and that was kind of part of the conversation that I had with James before I went off the birth control pill because obviously he knows I'm pro-choice and that if I got pregnant would you know get an abortion but I think he was surprised by me saying like that wouldn't be an easy decision for me you know surprised by that yeah Yeah, I wouldn't just be like let's get an abortion like time to go I wouldn't think it was funny or anything like that be so upset that's not my feelings on it at all but also I know that number one I wouldn't I can't put a child up for adoption I wouldn't be able to that would put that would bring more pain into my life than it would ease my pain by letting go of a child just for me right now especially uh, because I can financially I could afford it and it would just be me being selfish in my life if I didn't want to and also too as someone whose mom was put through the adoption system Mm -hmm. and it worked out great for her right you're I respect your decision. Like that's the other, it's like, it's, that's what, that's, that's what really gets me with that. If I lived in a world where my government was preventing me, which they already really are. Like if you live in Texas, Mm -hmm. the government is doing, the local government is doing everything it possibly can to prevent you from having the option of getting a safe and legal abortion. And that is what angers me and lights every cell on my body on fire because every woman should have that option. But I agree with the person who wrote this email. I wish, and I said this in the book when I wrote the chapter about abortions, because I felt very passionately about this, but I didn't want to come off as too extreme. But, you know, I I want there to be less abortions too. Mm-hmm. I, I'm right there with you with that. I think there should be. Well, but of the course, way it's not to a do form that, of contraception. The way to do that is to arm people with the power of knowledge and educating them of, to make informed decisions. Even still, you will have unexpected pregnancies. But that will, that will, you know, there, when a Planned Parenthood goes up in a neighborhood, the number of abortion procedures goes down because they're, they're educating people and they're giving them condoms and birth control and, and IUDs. And so, 
there's a way to do this without stifling a woman's right to choose. Right. And then also another thing that I thought of when reading this email, uh, when you were reading this email is like adoption. I mean, it does work out. Like my first boyfriend was adopted. Mm. Uh, your mom's adopted. Yeah. But the similarity between those people is that they're white. And I don't think that just putting a child up for adoption, oh. like like white babies are just get adopted first. And that's not, yeah, that's, that's not cool. That's not great. Uh, so it's like, it's, I don't know what uh, ethnicity this person is who wrote this email. But again, it's like a really, if he's white that's a a much easier thing to say than if you're a person of color yeah uh you know kind of going back to the chanel ld episode that's different she was not put up for adoption as a as a as a baby so it's different right but it's just like oh yeah but put a put up for adoption a white baby they'll get you know scooped right up but that's not that's not the same for everybody unfortunately even when through the adoption process it is kind of like there is still this like caste system almost of 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 children who are going to get adopted first uh and not to mention uh children with disabilities or oh my God. Uh, physical or learning disabilities anything like that <sighs> yeah so there's just a lot of things to, to, that go into it so it's, yeah it's you know it's 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 not it's just not my anger comes black from and white my my anger stems from uh taking the choice out of it that's mm-hmm. what it is i mean that, that's really what it is so but I'm, I'm glad this person wrote us and i really appreciate it and um and i'm gonna read an, one more email hell yeah all right this one i of course i read this immediately it said help my fiance is a cross-dresser and i was like yeah. cross-dresser this is for me <laughs> uh hey ladies thank you for taking the time to read this email and i would obviously love if it made it onto a podcast so if someone else is going through the same thing they would be so honored to get your input too please do not use my name so i am 30 years old engaged to the love of my life and getting married in october my fiance and i have been clean and sober for close to eight years combined me a little over three Needless to say, we both had some struggles with addiction prior to meeting one another, something I am forever grateful for. As a result of our commitment to new lives, we have a relationship unlike any other I have been in before. We are clear-minded, communicative, honest, and completely vulnerable with each other uh, on basically a daily basis. I have never been so open with someone. I always felt that relationships came with secrets because of some shitty habits I learned from my mom and dad's failed marriage, and I couldn't be happier for the opportunity to have somebody to go through the roller coaster of recovery one day at a time with. About a year ago, we had a heart-to-heart conversation about some personal issues each of us struggle with over coffee. He shared with tears in his eyes that he has very frequent thoughts of cross-dressing. I was a little bit shocked. I'd known that this behavior was something he took part in while using drugs, exchanging photos of himself in lingerie for a never-ending supply of his poison. Mm. I didn't really flinch at this as I unfortunately have put myself in similar situations. Yes, Many of us reach new lows when we are in the midst of addiction. He continues to tell me that this has been going on for a while. He couldn't hide it anymore. And he had purchased a ton of clothes from Goodwill that were being stashed in our second bedroom. I had no idea. Later that evening, he proposed out of nowhere. He thought that there couldn't be a better time to ask after seeing that we both accept each other as we are. What a fucking day, dude. I was overwhelmed and honored. He felt he could trust me with this. But seeing the shame and guilt in his eyes just broke me. Naturally, I had some standard ignorant questions for him. Was he gay? Did he want to become a woman? What did he do while he was dressed up? Did he like wigs, hair, makeup too? Had he ever exchanged sex for drugs? I mean, my mind is going a million directions. He assured me that he is heterosexual and has no desire to ever become a woman. 
I believed him wholeheartedly on both of these as we discussed how during the first few months of our sobriety, we were given chances to really dive into learning about our sexual orientation. Turns out we're both straight. More is revealed and I find out that the type of clothing he likes to dress in are just skanky. Anything that you can imagine for exotic dancers in the clearance, I guess this is clearance reject aisle at Priscilla McCall's. <laughs> this is British or in general, the trashiest, shortest skirts uh, and tight tank tops you can think of. That's what he likes to put on. In addition, he loves high heels. Huh, who doesn't? No, he wears a size so 11 and has managed to find four or five pairs of women's five inch heels to fit his monster foot. And these are some of the scariest looking things I have ever seen in my life. He's covered with hair, very handsome, even as a woman, six foot six, with these sounds damn odd. shoes on. I know I'm very into I'm it. I'm like, mm, sounds like a babe. And struts around our house just confident as can be. Don't nice. worry, it gets worse. Um, at first, I was trying oh. to play it cool and told myself it was cool with all of this, whatever. We even played dress up together one time. I did his makeup and we ended up having really awesome sex later that night. It was kind of hot pulling on the fabric of his underwear. I hadn't experienced that before. Unfortunately, the next time he got done up in a bra, panties, garter belt, corset, and heels, I got freaked out and shut that shit down. I felt bad for reacting this way, but it was my true honest and it needed to come out. He apologized and felt like shit about this. Mm. He could tell I was scared, scared of what I don't understand. My mm. fiance suffers from bipolar disorder, more on the manic side of things. Mm. And when he has the urge to dress, he is in a state of heightened adrenaline and there's nothing that anyone else uh, can do or that matters in the moment. He can waste two to three hours without even realizing where the time went. Well, welcome to being a woman. Constantly <laughs> trying on new combinations of outfits and shoes, just looking at himself in the mirror. AKA I, a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I have tried to be as cool with this as possible. He will go from Mr. Man cutting and cleaning fresh fish to chopping firewood for an hour into the house to shower and get his first of probably three pairs of women's underwear he'll wear for the evening. Put on his heels and ask what he can do to help with dinner. He has just started hmm. seeing a therapist who specializes in the LGBTQ community here. A suggestion my therapist gave to me that he actually said okay to. I think he is getting a lot out of working with her. And I know that these uh, things can take time. But at this point, I am so annoyed and frustrated with everything being about this. He is obsessed. It's 80% him right now and 20% mm. me. This needs to be a 50-50 relationship. What I have said to him is basically along the lines of shit or get off the pot. What are you doing this for? Where is the authenticity in it? Is it because it's taboo or is it the rush? you get? Is it the possibility of being caught that drives you wild so it's similar to chasing a high? Are you expressing your sensitive feminine side or are you simply attention seeking and letting narcissism get the best of you? Last night, he said his new plan was to only wear these shoes inside and keep the blinds closed while he's dressed. They have been open the last few weeks and he has been doing yard work in front with his heels on, bending down to pull weeds with his whale tail hanging out hmm. in fear slash excitement of being seen or caught. I forgot my smoothie at home on my way to work this morning. Oh, and when no. I came back to get it, there he is standing seven feet tall with all the blinds and the front door open. I don't really give a shit if he's seen, but what do I do with this? Is this mm -hmm. attention seeking behavior? And if so, is it a red flag to the potential outcome of this relationship? Clock sicken and we need to get in with a marriage counselor ASAP. We need someone non-biased and not already acquainted with us to ask the questions neither of us know are important 
important to ask. We need someone knowledgeable regarding addiction and bipolar disorder. That's for sure. We are working on that. But in the meantime, I can't deny the fact that I am completely over this crock of shit. And to be (laughs) honest, I'm annoyed that he is into underwear and women's shoes more than I am. I am not willing or able to be the one who holds him up if he continues to push the envelope further and gets hurt by his own actions. I am also not too fond of the idea of of him getting burned as we get burned simultaneously. Yep. I have been able to tell one of my coworkers about it and that's all I have other than my therapist. Is this something you two have experienced, heard of being experienced or is more maybe more common in New York? That was my favorite. <laughs> that was my favorite sentence. I love oh, what, everyone's a fucking weirdo in New York. I love it's what true. people out of New York think is happening in New York. <laughs> Honestly, it's not that. We're it's going to Trader that. Joe's. It's yeah, not that crazy. Fair way, man. I, I can imagine it is. I should have mentioned right off the top that we live in the Carolinas. Oh, okay. Oh. It, it's a little different vibe down here on gender yeah, no roles. Shit. Completely double standard. As you know, women can make a f- men's flannel stylish while if a man is wearing a woman's boot, they must be queer. In a nutshell, the mm-hmm. lines are drawn in permanent marker for the time being. I'm just so tired of all this. I'm rambling like hell and I just had to get this off my chest. Blah, blah, blah. Feedback. Yeah. feedback. Okay. I love this email. Number one, because it was different. And number two, because I love cross-dressing. Um, uh, you know, it's, this is, it, I love... I love when men cross-dress. I have since I was a little kid. Tim Curry as Frankenfooter in Rocky Horror Picture Show. show Eddie Izzard. Oh my God, still want to fuck him so hard. If you're listening, please let um, send me an email. Um, but this is really interesting because there's so much going on layers. in this email. Yep. You're both dealing with addiction. You've... Covering, yeah. Uh, you've been... Well, someone explains well, to me that addiction is like always something. It's kind of like you always have addiction. Oh, really? But that you're sucks. just... I think Rosebud explained that to me. Like, yeah. She, like you're always... So like, it's like, you're always an alcoholic or you're always a drug addict. You're just not currently using, but you're always, you always are good for your morale or bad. Um, I feel like that would make me feel terrible and it would not uh, inspire me to quit, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I I don't, I don't, I don't, it's just like, that's just who I am. Like, like, it's like, if you're just an addictive person, I think it's good to know and not to think like, not to have the mindset that just because you stop uh, using means you're in the clear. True. So maybe that's where, maybe it's like a thought process for oneself so that you never kind of like every day. on your toes. I think, because I think every day as an addict, you probably have to do maintenance. Yeah. Like I certainly have an addictive personality, not addicted to things that are necessarily like life-threatening right off the bat, but you know, an addictive personality, like an obsessing. Um, So you've you've been, you know, clean and sober eight years combined. You've been together for a long time. I mean, you knew this person was bipolar. it went from like zero to I'm mowing the lawn in my heels. Well, because he felt comfortable and it's probably something right. that was pet up, pent up for such a long time. And he felt free. And yeah. the fact that like, oh my God, I could do this in front of my partner. I never even imagined a world in which that would ever take place. Right. And I love that story. And I love that he proposed that day because it reminded me of something on one of the first dates me and safe. James went on where he told me the story that I'll let him tell for himself if he ever wants to. But, uh, and it, it was something that, Number one, I was just, I was so flattered that someone would tell me a story that I think most people would be like, what the fuck? And right. it didn't make him look like a bad person, just made him look like uh, a purist, not the type of person who I think you would think he is um, from the way he presents himself and dresses and everything like that. So it was very interesting. Cool. Um, and, uh, but I think a lot of this behavior is coming from the bipolar disorder, which seems like it's not completely in check. Like, I don't know if he's on medicines or what kind of upkeep he's doing for the bipolar disorder. But the, the manic behavior seems to be more attached to that. And yeah. whether it's, you know, dressing in women's clothes or cleaning the house compulsively or collecting something, hoarding, you know, any of these things. Yeah. 
it just seems like something that he needs to kind of get the bipolar in check. But like if, if dressing like people as a comedian, I don't know, having an obsession and having something that you spend so much time on that seems unimportant to your partner just hits really close to home. And uh, do you do that? Do you have a, some, do you do something that's unimportant to your partner that? No, but that's, or... I only date comedians and that's oh, a big right, part right. of the reason because right, 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 right. I don't want to have to do anything other than comedy unless I want to do something other than comedy. And most times I really want to spend most of my time and I don't want to have to explain someone why comedy, it's, I don't want to have to explain to someone else why comedy is important to me right. or why it's the reason I get up in the morning or to have to cut my time between comedy. Like, it's just like, so if I'm dating someone in comedy, everything can be about comedy and we both appreciate it totally. without any explanation. Yeah. Um, and so I can totally understand wanting to cross dress. It's, it's to me, this guy seems maybe like, maybe he should get into drag, honestly. Yeah. And have an, a real outlet for it that he can. Exactly. That it's a planned outlet. Yes. And it's like a treat kind yes. of thing. It's yes. like, it's like, okay, I can channel my energy. But when you're bipolar though, you cannot predict your highs and lows. But, right. but if you have, have something to look forward to mm-hmm. that sounds awesome right and, and you're the center of attention yeah. you're lip-syncing a song anybody could do that so you mm-hmm. can pick whatever song you want there's a lot of creative choices that go into it that are i would think would could be really exciting because you can make your act whatever the fuck you want to make it right that could be a really good outlet because i think expressing I yourself underst- is important yes but i understand why she would be like over it sure sometimes though in a relationship it is going to be 80 percent about the other person for a while right and 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 as someone who um has been that 80 percent before it's it's not fun being the 80 percent i gotta say it feels bad i know it still feels like oh i am exhausting this person with my needs but at the same time you know what for this for this chunk of time it's ebbs and flows we need to focus on me and then and then what what happens with that is for my relationship personally but I get tired of being in the 80% and now I want to be in the 20%. So let's focus on Steven. Like what, what do you want? What do you want to work on? What do you want to talk about? What do you want? You want to get back into yoga? Okay. I'll help. I'll help hold you accountable for that. Like I don't want the focus to be on me because it's exhausting. So, so maybe it'll ebb and flow. I'm not sure how long it's been this 80, 20. Right. But uh, if it's only been a couple months, I would say it's going to ebb and flow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But if not, if that lasts forever, I completely understand your desire to not want that all the time. Right. And also say, it's I like think, when you date a comedian and they're always on. Well, when we, I, when I we, that, that yeah. sounds horrible to yeah. me. But, but when we say a comedian's always on, it means even in your private life, when you're watching television with your boyfriend, you're always just joke, 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 joke. It's, and it's terrible. Like, be a person. Cause when that woman was saying, where's the genuineness or where's the, where's the realness in this? Where's it coming from? Like, but a lot of people have that problem with like even actors and stuff. They're like, where, where's the authenticity? But that, the that, authenticity, that's just because yeah. they just don't understand understand the want because they don't have that desire so right. it doesn't resonate with them at all true and also i think they need to t- she needs to take into account that this is new so anytime especially i would imagine if you're bipolar you get into something new it's like you know even if i get into a new like snack food or a new tv show impractical jokers yeah oh I yeah, become yeah obsessed with it yes. it's all i think about it's all i can do that lasted for a couple of months like now I can take or leave it. You know, it doesn't, yeah. I still enjoy it, but it's not like I have to, but for like several months, I had to come home and watch that show. Yeah. And, and you looked up the me. hotel cable package and yes. if it didn't have practical jokers, you were pissed. Yeah. So I think to me, this woman, I'm, and, and it's interesting because she's obviously you're, she's an addict. So she should understand kind of the addictive personality, but perhaps just doesn't understand it with something that she doesn't have interest in. But, also too, I will say 
I will say for a guy, whenever guys are uh, desired to cross dress, it, there is something about wearing um, women's clothes that are tight fitting. Like it does make you feel sexy in a way that sure. I always thought to myself, man, men never really get to feel sexy in the way women do. And they don't really get to express themselves with clothing in the no. same way that we do. Granted, it could also be a blessing and a curse, but a lot of times it's fucking fun. And, right. it's, and it is a way, it, it is a form of showing who you are on the inside on the outside. And it's really fun. And to have wear tight jeans and to wear a tight shirt. When I wear a tight shirt, it's just never. But when I do, it kind of makes me a little horny and I carry myself differently because I feel the fabric against my skin very snug in, in an area where it's usually not snug. And that that's exciting and it makes yeah. me feel different and it makes me feel alive. So I do get it. Right, um, right. Yeah, I think like normally I'm always, my advice to everything is always get out of the relationship. But in this case, I'm going to say no, just because of the circumstances, what you guys have been to get together, you're working through sobriety together. You obviously knew he was bipolar going into this. So that's something you kind of already accepted into, you know, loving someone. Um, and I don't want to say dealing with it, but like go, helping them through this. And I'm sure you have your shit that you're going through. So I think the key is just to take that, that they're, you know, right now he's really excited about it, but there does need to be a designated like time yes. when this is okay. It can't be every day because that's, that's exhausting. Also, and you guys aren't engaged and you didn't get engaged to a cross dresser. So that's also not fair to you. You yep. did, but you didn't know it actually. Yeah. So it's like, it, there has to be some kind of a compromise here and maybe a time when you go out with your girlfriends and he stays home and he fucking mows the lawn and heals. Great. And it's, and it's really cool of you that you're, you don't even care that much of other people's safe. Cause I yeah, think that dope. to me would be the cares? biggest hurdle for most people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for writing. It's a really interesting interesting email uh please update us yeah and what's happening and, and if anybody has a similar situation sorry about last night show at gmail.com uh, additionally you can follow us on social media it's sorry about last night on instagram sry about last nyt on twitter i'm philanthropy gal on all social media and i'm christina hutch perfect okay um so that's our all. guest. Yes, that's all we had to do. Perfect. Our guest. I'm so excited. You might have seen her featured on my um, I might be a lesbian Tuesday on Instagram. I don't I, I follow a lot of random people on Instagram, but I don't really feel like I like any of them as a person. Like, not that I don't like them, but I just don't, well, you don't get to know them. I don't get to know them a lot as a person. I'm just like, oh, looking at hot babes. Like, I'm yeah. a little perv. Who doesn't like looking at hot babes? I love looking I at love hot it. babes. And um, this Shout woman, she's a hot babe, but she's so much more. I feel like she truly understands feminism. She's an entrepreneur um, and she has created a brand for herself. Her story is so interesting and unlike anyone we've had on the podcast before. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Shanae Alexander. Alexander. I watched I know what made you laugh I pulled my phone out and then I put it back It's a lie that said about the first cut Cause you were the deepest of my lost loves And I can't move on, no, I can't move on Cause every day I think of things I wanna tell you Didn't say hi Pretend like we never planned our whole life Even though I play out what could possibly have been There is no version that reverses this And I died to
to forget, yeah, die to forget you. Every day I think of things I wanna tell you later, but then I remember there's no you and there's no later. Every day I think of things I wanna tell you later, but then I remember you're not here and we are strangers. Excited! I this is I I am like yes, this is my favorite Instagrammer is here. Oh gosh, but I know you don't like social media, no, so I don't either. <laughs> I feel really honored, actually, and my people love you guys. So that's great. That makes me very happy mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. nice when you like someone who's cool and ha- and has like a. I think what what drew drew me to you was that I feel like you're like take hot pics of yourself. You're into fitness, but you also have a true understanding of feminism, which I feel like is lacking from so many people on Instagram. Like it's like they're putting more hate and more, you know, body comparison and like just like a lot of negativity out in the world. I'm like, I love negativity, but not that kind. (laughs) I know. And and the kind where you joke about it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think also I I started out on Instagram in wellness and fitness. Mm -hmm. Now I'm more of lifestyle. I talk about everything, just talk about life. But in that world specifically, it gets so gnarly with the type of content. I mean, it's just like people are so worried about themselves and it just becomes this like selfish, like hole. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I was like, wow, okay. Easy I to get to, sucked in. Yeah. And I have to get out of this and I need to start talking about not just avoiding those topics of, you know, kind of like comparing yourself, but actually like attacking them. Um, and you have to do some offense on social media of like, mm-hmm. let's not just like people shy away from talking about politics or mm-hmm. feminism even because feminism is a dirty word in some parts of the country, country. and the world. <laughs> yeah. um, the world and the country. And I think for me, it's been about like, let's not not talk about it. Let's talk about it in a smart, realistic way. Mm-hmm. And also like, let's talk about this as friends, mm-hmm. you know, that can yeah. kind of develop a bigger understanding of this kind of subject matter. So instead of combative. Yeah. That's why like, I get nervous to post anything that's going to incite a comment riot only because I'm like, someone's going to say something that's going to piss me off because it's going right. to be so ignorant and I'm going to want to respond. And it's not going to go well. But I like hearing I, I like hearing all the opinions, though, because that's the one good thing for me, actually, about comments like because I, I feel like it's like you need to I don't want to say keep your enemies close, but you need to feel like you need I to understand how everyone is thinking so that I think you can get a better solution to it rather than the approach of just like, I don't just I don't agree with you. I'm not going to listen to what you say. Right. You're not welcome here. And, you know, it's been really a fascinating thing. And, and not many people that do social media experience this, but. I've had about, in my two and a half years doing social media stuff online, I've had probably 10 negative comments. Really? Yeah. I just don't really have those people. Mm-hmm. Um, That's I don't, awesome. I don't know whether they're just not attracted to me or... or <laughs> like not hot enough for the troll. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not hot enough for the troll. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, just, you, I think you I just got a complex. You've attracted you know? a following that... Uh, doesn't feel the need to bring it in. I mean, I think with us too, we definitely, the negative comments are very rare. But, well, I uh, think also politics, when, you, when you attract like a, a more kind of like liberal and like socially conscious yeah. following, you know, the things that you're saying aren't so controversial. You know, yeah. like like when I talk about like, uh, I kind of want to make sure we're standing up for immigrants. Like no one's like, 
fuck immigrants. You right. know, like they're all on the same page. So, cool. um, yeah, yeah, but even like kind of like body positivity I talk a lot about and like there are parts of that where I show my body on Instagram, not in a provocative way, but just in a being this is what it is being in a swimsuit or yeah. underwear kind of way occasionally. It's definitely not like a butt Instagram or anything. That's not my that, Instagram. Not that butt Instagrams <laughs> are bad because if I had a better butt, I would totally put my butt on Instagram. <laughs> Do you not like your butt? It's just, it's, um, I think that when we are positive about our bodies, which is even a sucky thing to have to even, like, that sucks that we have to have a word or two words to describe feeling okay about the shell in which we live that provides us life. That sucks. But yeah, we've, had to, we've had to do that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I just am all about, like, instead of kind of always trying to change the things we hate about ourselves, like, I think if we start increasing the things that we're really positive about and, like, really, like, what the fuck do we like about ourselves? First of all, internally, because that shit is what matters. Yeah. And then, like, if you want to change shit externally, go for it. Like, but do it out of a place of kind of love and appreciation for self rather than mm-hmm. hating. So when I say I don't put my butt on Instagram because it's not the best thing, well, I'm I'm putting a lot of other things on Instagram yeah. that I that I but like also, way better. Yeah. yeah. That's that's true. Yeah. I feel like if people would concentrate more on what they like about their own bodies. You know what's or, funny? Or minds or life. So so f- people have the hardest time talking about what they like about themselves. It's so weird because mm-hmm. it's like, well, it's a choice. I mean, you know, but why if you if you can develop a negative image of yourself, you can just as easily develop a positive. It would just choose. Like yeah. I remember when I was younger, I was and I would notice that I'm, I was really self the voice in my head was self-deprecating. I'm like, well, I can also choose to have the voice in my head be uplifting. And then yeah. I just, it just takes practice, but you can do it. And that's why I'm so like, Corinne and I are two people in, I think in terms of comedy and the comedy scene, we're very positive and we like ourselves. Yeah. And that's like a rarity, which sucks. And it's really good that you guys have each other in that yeah. way. Do you have other friends who oh, are, yeah. are have... just as <laughs> Do you have friends? <laughs> I start that are, just that like me themselves. crying in the corner, just like <laughs> quietly. No, yeah. I mean, I have this amazing... Hold the mic a little closer. Yeah, yeah. I have this amazing group of friends. First of all, weirdly, I had this renaissance about two years ago on through social media. I have a huge group of friends in my normal life, but... I had this very strange turnover in becoming an entrepreneur and doing things on social media that I had this huge influx of friends, new friends, which is a very strange thing to have happen in your late 20s, early 30s. Yeah, in adulthood. Yeah, yeah. in adulthood, people people are always asking me, like, how do I make friends with other women specifically? Like, As an adult. I want to meet friends. Yeah, like, how do I meet friends? I'm scared, more scared to talk to adult women than I am to, to adult men because with adult men, I at least have a little bit of leverage even in the back of my head which makes me comfortable enough to want to talk to them. But with adult women, like female comedians, I'm like, why would they want to talk to me? Right. And I, and I really like, because of the amazing, incredible people that I've met online and just in my normal life, even like even women that work for PR agencies or brands that I work with or or things like that, I've got become friends with them. And what's such an amazing thing is I get to now share my experience of making female friends as an adult with my audience and to tell them it's possible. I was hosting a meetup the other night and one of the, one of my um, kind of Instagram friends She's a follower, but I fucking hate that word. It's such yeah. a terrible word. And <laughs> it sounds condescending. And it's also just but it's so what one, it's, called, it's but... so one-sided, you know, yeah. to me. Um, I feel like I have more of a relationship than that. But 
um, she came to me and said, I came to one of your meetups two years ago and I met my best friend. Oh, wow. You know, and she's like, we're best friends and she lives somewhere else. She just happened to be in town and came to your meetup. And she's like, now she's moving to New York City. And I was like, that is an amazing thing. Mm -hmm. And if you can kind of teach women that it's possible to make friends as an adult and that you can be badass and strong and cool and have your own life, but also like be kind to each other yeah. and like support each other. And so I've just had the the most kind of uplifting experience through social media, which is interesting because that's like not what most people... <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. Like most people are like, how do you social survive Social media this? is a sea of garbage for the human experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's cool like, though. But it's like, how do you make a tiny corner of the internet better? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shine a little light on it. Yeah. And and I think it's possible. So how do you make, what are your tips for making friends when you're a woman in your late twenties, thirties? I think the key is really to make that initial connection and not be afraid to like say hi or to compliment a woman or to actually, I think the the scariest things we all have those women in our life that we've met like a few times and we're like, she's cool, but like, I don't know if she'd like want to hang out. And I always tell people like, what's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah. They just say no. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she might just say I'm busy. And sometimes like, that's been a really hard thing with me um, because on social media, people feel like they really know me. Mm-hmm. And because I share so much of my life and I love that. Like, I love it. And I wish I could hang out with everyone that asks me. And so what's so hard for me is being like, you should put yourself out there and ask a woman out to coffee that you think would be cool. And then people ask me and I'm like, I, can't I literally You're like, I didn't mean me. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, know, I mean, no, I, 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 someone I, else. I, I try to meet as many people as I possibly can, but you know, you're like a human being that has yeah. like a, like a has to stay sane and have a life and all these things. But it's it's actually like, I think that getting over the hump of that first scary moment of being like, will she like me? I know. Will I sound weird? Will I be creepy? And the thing is, it's like, I would yeah, be so is- honored if someone was like, you seem really cool, actually. Like, I would love to like be your friend. And yeah. like, how frightening of a thing is it to say, I would like to be your friend? Just like, it's have you scary. said that to somebody? Yeah. And then it went well? Actually, one of my best friends now, she DM'd me on Instagram. She was living in Boston. She DM'd me on Instagram and said, you look really cool. I think we could be friends. I'm coming to New York. Can we go to coffee? And we went and she's like my best friend and she lives here now. That sounds Aww. really fun. See, I like that. Cool. It's it's hard because you want, it, yeah, it is hard when people only know like this one side of you on social media or from a podcast or something. And you're like, is, are they trying to do something creepy? Do right. they just want to be around you motive. because they think you are have this like fame stench on you totally. or do they really think wow I've never related to someone as much as I relate to so and so yeah I think I mean I kind of feel the same way about like dating mm-hmm. honestly like mm. it's that same kind of feeling of like I mean you guys know you're out in the world and <laughs> in a place where people can easily find you oh yeah um and there's just like they they can know everything about you before they've met you and you know, do you experience that with dating? Like, do you date time. a lot of people who know so much about you beforehand? I know that they've like they've at least looked you. Up. How many first dates have I been on where they're bringing up stuff I have definitely not told? Really? Them? Oh yeah. What about the time that you did this? So How they're just this? looking at it on your social media. <laughs> it's so fucking <laughs> creepy, weird. And people are like, "Do you want to know my Instagram?" I'm like, "Not really. Yeah, I don't care. I'm sitting in. I want to know of you. you. Yeah." Like, the fuck? Like, that is so weird. I would never, like, yeah, you can Google someone to be like, 
well, is he short? Like, is he really yeah, short in his vibe. pictures? I'm like, okay, he's sitting next to a fence. How tall are fences? Okay, <laughs> his arms look short, but uh, no, it's not that serious. But like, I would never look someone up and deep dive into their social media before I met them because it's happened to me so many times mm-hmm. that I'm just like, and they get a, they're going to take whatever they want from that. And that's not necessarily who you are. And I think a lot of times guys are just like, she hot in real life. Like, let's mm. check it out. But it's like, I also don't need you to see me like that morning on the way back from Soul Cycle, right. like talking to the camera like a psycho that I like I do, like just like walking down the street. <laughs> I mean, I don't, that's too intimate for this yeah. moment when I have not met you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of times, like, I mean, I'm on a, a d- dating apps when I'm not dating someone. And so it's kind of like, because I actually prefer dating, not being in relationships. What do you like about Real, dating? Yeah, that's interesting. I love dating in New York. You I know. It's, it's, it's that's a, a sentence that's never been said. I, no, I love it too. <laughs> it's hard, but I really like it because you never know. You could meet anybody. I and, mean, and truly, a, every type of person. My, my thing is kind of like, you know, either it's going to be a good date or it's going to be an average date, or it's going to go really bad. And I would rather it go really bad or really well. The, yeah, the agreed, agreed. The average date is it's awful. boring. I'm like, at least I can have a story. Yeah. Like, t- give me a story. At yeah. Least. Uh, like, we're, we're trying to get book material here. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to probably put in my dating stories in a book. Those will save for That's, a, that's for time. your heart, your one woman show, perhaps. That's for my one woman show. Um, No, it's also, I'm like, I want to eventually, like, potentially run for politics one day. Oh, great. Oh, yeah, cool. so I'm like, you know. What, uh, what's kind? There. Local government, senator, you know, congresswoman? You know what? I don't know. I don't know where it'll take me. I want to try to impact as many people in the world in a positive way as I can. Yeah. And if I, I kind of live right now because life is so crazy. I'm sure you guys feel like life's a little crazy sometimes. Mm-hmm. You're just oh, like, every I, day. You're like, I don't know what the next opportunity will be. Like, it could be a TV show offer in my inbox or, like, you know, it's exciting. A, a discounted yeah. subway. You don't. Yeah. You don't know. You <laughs> Either I will take. Yeah, and you're excited about both. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think I've learned uh, being an entrepreneur the past two years and just doing kind of a lifestyle that isn't so consistent as having a normal job mm-hmm. and all these different things that you really have to live life really open handed. You know, mm-hmm. and being like whatever flows into your hands that was meant to be there, and when it's supposed to leave, it will leave. And so all I can do is kind of state my intentions about what I'd like to do. Like I want to impact the world in a positive way, but do it with like a lot of like the word fuck and like <laughs> being cool and not having it be this like fake watered down version. Yeah, of this this like watered down thing that's acceptable. Yeah, you know, I want to just be able to teach women to be themselves. And whether that's in politics or in my book or a podcast or a TV show or just like at the grocery store, like, let's be real. I actually don't go to the grocery store. I get my groceries <laughs> delivered. Um, but if, but let's say like I'm in an Uber pool on you accident. So you accidentally found yourself in a grocery store. I'm accidentally in a grocery <laughs> Shit, store. This isn't the club. <laughs> Wait a minute. Um, why am I wearing sequins? Uh, no, I, I just, I'm like, whatever opportunities come my way, I'm just like, all right. Take the, the heart of this is at the base. So politics could be one of them. Definitely, um, there's an organization called She Should Run, and they're trying to get, I think, 30,000 women to run for <gasps> cool. office. Or no, 250,000 people to run for office by 2030, women Whoa, specifically. yeah, yeah. So um, I, they have an incubator where you can put your name in the hat 
for like an incubator of how to get into politics. Yeah. And so I'm going to What's that website? That. It's sheshouldrun.org, or I believe. She should run. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to look that up. That's yeah, fascinating. That makes me so cool. happy that an organization like that exists. One of my um, awesome brand partners is Adidas and I'm an ambassador for them globally. And at this holiday season, and they were like, instead of, um, you know, throwing you guys a party or giving you gifts we're going to give you $10,000 so you can give to an organization of your choice. Wow. And so it was so awesome. And so I got really into researching all these organizations of like what people are doing. Oh, that's so cool. And I found she should run. And I was like, this is really cool. Like that's amazing. what an awesome thing. So it was definitely like, I was like, yeah, this has got to be where the money it's goes. It's too easy. I think when you just pay attention to the news to focus on all oh, the yeah. shit, you know, yeah. like all the terrible horrible things that are happening all the time around us in all parts of the world. And so that's cool to be able, I like, I like uh, learning about new things that are good and positive and make me have faith in humanity and take me by surprise. At this moment, do you guys feel more hopeful or hopeless? Full. (laughs) Oh, hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I I didn't, a lot of people really truly felt hopeless when Trump got elected, but I didn't because I was like, you know what? Everyone knows when you hit rock bottom, the only place you can go is up. And I think I'm like, let's just, it happened. So let's just take it as a learning experience and figure out where can we go from here and why, like, obviously a lot of people felt like Trump was the right president for them. So why, why Why? do they feel that way? Yeah. Not just you're wrong. But I mean, if half the country feels the way, that's not me. I mean, I wouldn't say wrong. It's like they feel slighted in some way. And this was the, the the person that they thought could get them out of this hole. Yeah. Yeah. I think people need to be better at listening and yeah, myself sure. included. I mean, I'm not that I'm trying to be a better listener. So I think by talking about conversations and having people resonate with them, it's, it's, it's hopeful for me because you realize, oh, this simple thing of just talking about shit can actually make an impact. So that's cool. And that's free. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I was talking to a friend about this and I did not think I was going to bring up like farming techniques on this podcast, but do it. go Ooh, for it. Hot Hi farming guys, we got some hot farming technique <laughs> tips. No. So I remember learning about this when I was little and I probably have the mechanics of it all wrong, but basically there's like a slash and burn technique yeah. in farming. You know, they slash all the fields down, they burn it down. Because the alternative is to keep growing crops and the crops are like more and more unhealthy as you just keep using the same soil. Okay. And I kind of feel like we're in the moment of like everything in politics and feminism and all of these kind of areas of life. Everything's being slashed and burned. Mm -hmm. We had to hit rock bottom. We burn it down. And then the soil is actually enriched from like the ash. And so I'm like... That that's what I'm hoping happens. Yeah, I think so. I think we're yeah. headed that direction. Yeah, I think. I mean, I don't. I never know if we're at the bottom because I thought we were at the bottom like a while ago. But we just keep seeing the funnel nope. down. But I am hopeful too, and yeah. I'm hopeful because I talk to awesome women every day about their lives and about their positivity and and for me or even their struggle, all of it. Like, and for me, that is hopeful because people are talking to each other. Yeah. You know, whether the medium has changed, you know, like calling like Bev on the phone, but, but like you're, you know, whether you're talking to strangers on the internet or, or your best friend, it's, it's people talking about things in their lives. And I think that's super important. Yeah. Do you have any tips for interacting with people? Cause I know you had, you said you had a lot of thoughts on social media, like for interacting with people in a constructive way on social media. Cause it's a lot of negativity. It's a lot of fighting. So how do you kind of get around that and, and get some depth out of social media? Yeah, I think the thing is, is like, not just on social media, but in life, it's to kind of 
really exercise the muscle of empathy. Like, how do we become more empathetic to people? And it's not about sympathizing with them. It's about actually going down and figuring out why they think the things they think, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Like, if I grew up in a different... I grew up in Texas in, like, like, a religious household, but not, like, not, like a pressurized religious household. It was mm-hmm. like very like, you can believe what you want. We're not oh, like, fair. we're Christian, but like you can go to church or not. And I kind of grew up with an encouraging Freedom. mother. You know, my family has its majorly fucked up parts um, for sure. But I think it's about knowing people's story a little bit more and digging a little past the opinion that offends you mm-hmm. and saying, okay, well, what is their circumstance that makes them believe these things? And like, how can I ask questions about that? Yeah. Cause feelings are not fake. No. People feel when they feel angry or impassioned or that's real and it's coming from somewhere. And I think to say like, that, that's why the whole, well, you're wrong. That's wrong. And I, I do this all the time and I kind of, you know, I get on myself for this. I'm trying to stop, but that's why it's it feels so offensive or whatever when people are butting heads because you're like, well, how can you deny that that's not how I feel? Because I'm telling you, that's how I fucking feel. Are you right. in my head? No, you're not. So I think that's, yeah, l- realizing that feelings are real. Yeah. And they're I, not going to last forever and they're there for a reason and m- figure out the route. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. But like just even saying that. Well, and I think also like, I mean, guns are one thing and I'm from Texas and like the South, there's a lot of like memory wrapped up in guns for people, you know? Yeah, and, for and you. I, you know, not for me, but I have I was having a conversation with someone the other day and I'm like, they're, they're very kind of like hard, hard line defensive guns. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, okay. I'm like, kids are dying. Let's talk about this. Okay, like, let's not talk about what's happening now. Why, why guns, you know? And it turns out that that person has like a really personal connection because a lot of memories with their family and a lot of good things are are wrapped up in that. And so when you tell them that's a bad thing. You're saying their history is bad. Yeah. yeah. Or like that memory is invalid. Right. You know, and And that's hurtful. Yeah. So men, women, everyone, everyone, Yeah. like people's, people's views are wrapped up in their memories, you know? And so it's about going back to those memories and saying like, I hear you and I hear that. And I relate to that because I have a similar memory with this other thing. But let's talk about then, like after we've kind of understood where they're coming from, then let's talk about the thing. And like, I think you can kind of come to some more resolution or at least a kind, you know, place where you're, you're, you may never actually believe what they believe and they probably won't believe what you believe, Mm -hmm. but at least you can be civil and you can walk away from a conversation and fucking breathe and be like, yeah, wow, that was like really productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I think at the end of the day, yeah. issues like that, like divisive issues, like the, the, the gun control abortion at the end of the day, if you really get to a place where you can humanize everybody, where everybody's coming from, you, you both agree on the same principles. Yeah. Like you actually, people have more in common than they don't. Like I was, I was emailing back and forth to this guy about abortion and he was saying, but but at the end of the day, it's like, well, I don't like the idea of babies being murdered either. Like, no. that's not something I think when I think of abortion rights. I don't think of that. I think of a woman's uh, respecting women and, and, you know, kind of just figuring out where everybody's coming from. And it's usually principles that both people agree on. Yeah. Like, wow, we just had a whole fucking fight <laughs> and we think the same thing. 
And speaking of knowing people's stories, so you said you were, you grew up in Texas. Yep. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your home life? Like who, sisters, brothers, parents, yeah. who was in the house? I about sex. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I actually was born in Korea. Okay. Whoa. My mom was there. Um, she was in the U.S. Air Force and she was there teaching English. Cool. And so, you know, my mom was the first person in our family to go to college. Um, she... I don't know how she like broke out of her family to kind of do that, but she was always really like intellectually smart and, and like street smart, but, but <laughs> I'm like, she's really dumb on the streets. Um, <laughs> no. So she moved and it was kind of this brave thing because everyone in our family lived in upstate New York and wow. she kind of was like, no, nah, I'm going to do this. Moved to Korea at the time, Damn. you know, white lady is not really that cool in Korea. Oh, really? Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> 1980s, early 1980s, like ah. that time, like Americans like weren't all over the world. Social media wasn't everywhere. Like the world is now so kind of mixed, you know, but back then it just like wasn't a ton of Americans. And so she actually experienced a lot of like harassment being a woman there. Um, and she was a sexual harassment. Um, I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, I remember her telling me like a guy grabbed her ass on the bus and things uh. like that, but people would mostly be kind of like demeaning towards her because she was white. And, um, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm also not like being like poor white people. Not, <laughs> no, but, but she met my dad who was an architect there and, um, she was very sassy when they met, they met at a bar and <laughs> he said, he kind of they looked at each other. My mom kind of smiled and he said in Korean, go home, you Yankee. Like not, huh. ni- not nicely. Love at first sight. And, and then my, my mom in perfect Korean said, not without you. Yo, yeah, wow. that's right, baby. So I was like, damn, my mom had some game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they ended up dating and got married and had me. And then they were like, okay, we're going to live here for a few years. But, you know, they knew I would always be treated differently there. Uh, and the home life for kids in Korea is just so intensely like it's so about education and like education is great, but also kids should go outside. Sometimes. Yes, they should have fun. <laughs> they, they should, should like, enjoy their and they themselves. shouldn't be at like piano for um, 900 hours a week. <laughs> yeah. You know? And that is a real thing. Like the shame of not being, being not be yeah, not being you know, the best and getting into the best school, like kids that really are, stressful. kids that are six are thinking about college, you know? Yeah. And so my parents were just like, I don't Yo. think we want to do this. And so, you know, we, my parents literally looked at a map and they were like, my mom said, well, I liked Western movies. So Texas seems fine. <laughs> I was like, this is not a good way to choose this. <laughs> if I would have been more outspoken as a four-year-old, I'd probably have been like, wait guys, New York <laughs> seems cooler. Um, but yeah, so we moved to Texas. They picked San Antonio because it was central. Mm-hmm. Don't know what that means. Um, like a river walk. Yeah. <laughs> really just uh, Yeah. So it was, it was actually really amazing because my mom like didn't, have the air force base or anything there. So she was just chilling. She was, she was, she had to get a job, but she got a new job at Nutrisystem. Do you know what Nutrisystem is? Oh yeah. That, yeah. That, yeah. My uncle has one. Yeah. It's like a diet place. Um, and my dad was, did not speak a lot of English and did not carry over his architecture thing. Um, and he basically, I have vivid memories of him sitting on our couch with a TV table in front of him 
which mm-hmm. RIP TV tables. People don't have Oh, I have them in my house in Jersey. I love TV trays. I love them. Oh, they're so good. My parents good. have TV trays. Yeah. They're so great. New so Yorkers should be the ones that should have. They I know, new but they, ones. I have one in my, they, they have make ones that like latch down and have metal bottoms. They look you, modern. You can get them. I have okay, one in love my apartment. It doesn't look, it doesn't make your living room look like the set of Roseanne. Like yeah. it actually looks right, like, right, like a right, crate right. barrel. You're, oh, it's like a, it's a, like a, it's like a bougie TV tray. Yeah. God. And we I would mean, never it's... say TV trays because no one watches television anymore. <laughs> oh, just kidding. Dead, dead. And I did just flip my hair. Um, <laughs> for those of so you So wait, listening. if your dad couldn't speak that much English, how'd you talk to him? Yeah. So uh, it was a lot of broken English. So my dad really like... He started to learn English through my mom whenever she was That's there. So fascinating when people fall in love and one of them speaks one language, the other yeah, one speaks I'm another. Fascinated I'm by so that too. fascinated and, by and that. I mean, she did speak Korean, which was right. helpful. But, you know, she kind of taught my dad English and he knew a little bit, um, but it's it was still like, let's say not grammatically correct. Right, um, right. You know, it was a lot well, of it's words. like if we try to speak, I mean, God, exactly. not Korean, even Spanish, anything. Oh, yeah. My Spanish, not great. Not, not a great conjugation. Yeah. But... <laughs> They uh, they kind of scrapped together. So I remember him sitting on the couch with a TV tray and he was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So he started making costume jewelry. He would buy the backings and all these like Austrian crystals. And I remember the whole house smelled like glue, um, like <laughs> really healthy. probably toxic high, glue. <laughs> it was definitely not organic glue smell. Um, I don't know if glue can be organic, but it definitely wasn't. It was like super glue. The horse's glue. just melts naturally. Yeah. <laughs> he was gluing rhinestones on the backings and he'd put them in a briefcase and then he'd take them to these stores and he'd be like, do you want to wholesale my jewelry? And he literally was a door-to-door jewelry Aww. salesman. And wow. then on the weekends, what was such a vivid memory for me at that time was they had a booth at the flea market. <sighs> and Yeah, and it was an indoor flea market. It was called, um, I don't remember what it was called, but I went, actually I went, like we drove by it like not too long ago when I was in Texas and I was like, holy shit, that's a lot of my weekends were spent there growing (laughs) up. But they had a booth and my dad would sell his jewelry and my mom and I would be there on the weekends with him. And I remember every like Saturday I would eat a chicken fajita taco. I would run around the smell of popcorn was like wafting mm. through the air, like the terrible, like overly flea market, flea uh, market cheap stand. popcorn. I know that very well. Yeah. And I remember vividly, like there would be, there was this t-shirt press guy. He sold, it was blank t-shirts and they had all the designs on the wall. And it was like the puffy paint kind of screen mm. printing. Very <laughs> 90s. So you would pick your design and he would screen print the shirt right there. And I remember I would just sit on the piles of shirts and talk to him and and just hang out with him. Basically, like the people that worked at the flea market were like my babysitters. Yeah. And my mom would just let me run around, which would never happen now. Yeah. Um, and I remember the the guy across the way from my parents' booth, he sold rocks. He was like, he was like, <laughs> I used to collect rocks when I was young. Me rocks too. were very hot. Rocks. Had I a went moment. to rock shows. Wait, like, jewel rocks, like, like, like this. Um, okay. Well, he had, some, like a, he had mostly like those kind of rocks. Yeah. Which is very Crystal. trendy now. Yeah. Like people mm-hmm. love like, Rocks. A, a rose quartz for yeah, like calming yeah, their shit, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, got that shit <laughs> but around like, the necks. but Ben, the sale rock salesperson, was way ahead of his time, and he always wore this fishing vest, and he was like <laughs> an old grandpa, and I would just hang out with him all day. And my parents would be like, stop bothering Ben. I'm like, he's way cooler than you guys. And I was an only kid. I was an only child, so I didn't have like 
brothers and sisters to hang out with. So I just hung out with like old people all the yeah, time. You, so, so you just like your friends were adults. That's yeah. so interesting as a kid. Do, it, how, do you think, how do you think that affected you? You know what? I think it affected me. I think it made me um, a little bit more mature mm-hmm. when I was little. Yeah. And I was like surrounded by like a lot of people like that were a little bit more entrepreneurial, like mm-hmm. my dad was. And I was going to say, I grew up in businesses. Yeah. Like people developing businesses. And I remember like I the my first, the first time I ever knew I was going to be an entrepreneur I think that I can remember is at school, we had to sell those chocolate bars that were like gold wrapped. They were actually kind of good. They were good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I saw someone selling them in the subway the other day. I was like, should I? (laughs) Or like, I'm good. Um, But at school, they were like, how many, like there were like 20 boxes and 20 bars in a box. And I, they would said, we're taking orders for these. How many boxes do you want? Everyone else said like one or two, because it was like what their parents and their parents' friends could buy. And I was like, I want 10. And my teacher was like, why? What are you going to do with 10 boxes of chocolates? Like, and I'm sell like, them, sell them, bitch. I'm going to sell them. And, and I remember my mom pulling up at school and I had all these boxes. My teacher was helping me with all these boxes of chocolates put in the car. And they were white boxes and had a black handle on the top. And my mom said, how are we going to get rid of these? <laughs> and I said, mom, we're going to sell them by the box, not by the bar. Ooh. And, and, I, was like, oh, and I was like, we're going to sell them to businesses, not to people. Wow. <laughs> You're Damn. very smart. I was probably honestly seven. Holy and crap. And I remember- That's the, a great idea. The, right? <laughs> I remember the first place my mom, and my mom was like, okay, we'll go around. And she was always so encouraging of, I mean, my mom was really strict and we have our, you know, I mean, she's mother-daughter relationships are always sticky, mm-hmm. but she definitely always, she always kind of went along with the harebrained idea. And so I remember the first place that we- stopped was this insurance agency and was in this like weird portable building that was like <laughs> on cinder blocks. I was like, cool. Oh no. Yeah. So the, the stairs, chocolate. the stairs were like Bricks. temporary stairs. Yeah. So I'm, I remember walking up these temporary stairs and opening this door and walking in and, and seeing this really high desk and me putting my box of chocolates up on the desk and, and they bought it. They bought the box of chocolate. Do you remember what your pitch was? I think I was like, I'd like to sell you this box of chocolate, you know? And <laughs> Very direct. And it cost this much. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh. And she, I remember her going around the office and people, you know, getting the money from everybody. And walking out that door was a, a feeling of like pride. Accomplishment. Accomplishment and satisfaction that I think I never got rid of. Yeah. Um, and I was like, wow you don't have to do everything like everyone else does. Right. Like you don't have to think like that or do it this certain way. Like you can always kind of invent yourself. And so I think, you know, the way I grew up as an only child around a lot of adults gave me a lot of inspiration for kind of like how I operated in the yeah. world. And your mom going along with it too. Yeah. I feel like a parent could easily have been like, honey, no, just like, do what everyone else is doing and just exactly. sell a box. That's what all parents do. Parents can hinder. Time. Yeah. I mean, that, that, I think I that's an interesting way to think about it because I definitely, definitely part of my success is because no matter what crazy idea I had or like, I really, when I get stuck on something, I have to have it, whether it be like exactly what my Halloween costume is like, exactly <laughs> like, well, and it started out like that. Like my birthday party has to be this. There has to be this. 
I'll, I am known for just inventing things that I don't even know exist in my head, like uh, as, like a, an outfit or something that I need in my home. And then we cannot stop looking for it. I love that. And, until I get it, which thank God for the internet, because that saves me a lot of time. But as a yeah. child, my mom would just literally drive me around to stores until I could find this. So she was kind of the same. Yeah, I was like, I have a vision. <laughs> I would just be like, mom, I have a vision. And she's wow. like, Okay. <laughs> I, I love so. that she was like supportive that way cuz cuz it really it it shows how much parents can really in- influence oh, yeah. your your future. I think yeah. you either kind of become your parents or you become the opposite of them or we take whatever traits we want. But also just, you know, I can't imagine if my mom had just said like no, we're not doing that. Yeah. Um, you know, and and also I think I always go back and forth and maybe you guys can shed some insight on this is like I had this experience with this old man um, I was in this like play at church or something and I was playing that a news ca- I was playing a newscaster. What kind of church play was this? I think I was like reporting, reporting on Jesus. Li- yeah, I think I was a reporting live. Jesus has been born. I think it was like oh a, my a modern God, that's so cute. I think it was like a modern spin. So I had a little blazer and I <laughs> and I remember being in the front of the church lawn and this old man who happened to be my mom's gynecologist. That's a separate <laughs> note. He wasn't that was unrelated to this story. Um he leaned down onto his knees. And I remember thinking that was cool that he like came down to my level and looked me in the eyes. And he said, little girl, he's like, you're going to talk to a lot of people one day. He's like, you're going to be famous and you're going to talk to a lot of people one day. Was that oh, Jesus? Yeah. I'm I was glad, like, I'm I was glad like, it went that way. I thought you were going to tell me did something weird. Yeah. No, no. He was definitely like lovely. That's um, um, like a Santa quality. Oh, and oh, and I, I was like, I was like, I remember in that moment that it absorbed. Like, I don't know. I, that 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 I don't know whether it was like I felt it inside and it confirmed something, yeah, yeah. or if it implanted something. And I would love to know what you guys think about like the things that have been spoken over you in your yeah. life. Like, did they push you to do it, or did they confirm the feeling for you? Mm, for me, they usually confirm the feeling. Yeah, same. I always knew it just confirmed. And it's n- like it's not important to me. But then some, there's some. This business can be so frustrating that sure. every once and again, it's nice to hear it reinforced from an outside party. Like I would have still done it anyway, but it's kind of like a, a breath of relief at, at anytime someone else recognizes uh, what you already see in yourself. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah. I, I always go back and forth. I'm like, are we, are we, am I secreting something or mm-hmm. am I, am I not? So, um, it's also nice that he kind of, it, there's so few stories of interactions where adults say things to little, to, to young girls that is not about their look yes. or about them being sweet or polite. It's nice to say, you're going to do something. You're going to be an accomplished woman. That's just not a story you hear a lot of. And that's why I try to be really cognizant when I talk to like little kids about like, oh, it's not like your dress is pretty or not. Right. You're so sweet. It's just like, wow, you're funny or you're, yeah. you're cool. Or I love the way you, t- you took power. Power of that situation. I watched this video recently on somebody. I think I think Amy Schumer posted it on our Instagram. Actually, I think it was in French, and it was this commercial that was like a thought experiment. They took a little boy and a little girl, and they both did the same activity, and they gave them a reward. But the little boy got way oh, more. I saw of a this. I cried. Than the little girl. Oh my god, Corinne, you have to watch it. And you see the little girl like they're both looking, and the guy's like, "Congrats, you guys, you did it," or whatever, whatever the fuck they did. And the little girl's looking at her cup, and she has it like it's a halfway filled, and the little boy's cup's full. And she's like, "Wait, what? Wait, hold on." And then the camera people are like, "What? What's wrong?" Like trying to like you know incite you know a reaction from these kids. And and the boys, the one of the boys was like, "Well, it's not fair that she got." Oh, one of the little girls says, "This is what she says." She's, "But I did the same work." 
And you oh, got yeah. more. Good. And I'm like, oh my God. That's so- and then, then it's like, but you see their thought process and you see, obviously like you see how easily you can indent a child's brain forever into thinking that they are capable or not capable by that little girl's fucking look in her eye, man. I mean, that's why I'm like, I'll stick to adults. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for now. Like, yeah, no. It's, for it's, now, I'm going to stick to like impacting adults. Because, because especially when you're a kid, though, and someone tells you something, how do you know if it's true? I mean, right. anything can be true. Right. Right. I mean, even nowadays. So it's like when you're a child, oh, my God, you could choose to believe something easily. And then that shapes your whole life. Totally. For sure. I mean, I have a couple of those moments in my life where, where people's words really, I think you know, either confirmed or charted whatever territory I would go in. I mean, I, my mom is, like I said, she was really like kind of a disciplinarian a lot of the time. And we, you know, a lot of my growing up years, like we did not get along because I had a like, terrible attitude. And I was like, definitely a little bit of a rebellious teenager. Um, I lived five minutes from Mexico. Like <laughs> I was just in Mexico Whoa. a lot at like Mexican clubs, like at 14 to 18, I was like pretty much spent like 75% of my time like in a Mexican club. Um, oh my what's God. What's a Mexican yeah. club like? Oh my when God. So my favorite one was called Amnesia, and <laughs> oh, which, like is, a which is a great name. And this is like, this is like some illegal activity. This club's called Passed Out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I would actually, my I had at the time a <laughs> very sick white Pontiac Firebird T-top. Oh, whoa. Which, what year? You know 90s? what? Um, it was '90s, so it wasn't even cool. It wasn't like vintage. Yeah, 97. <laughs> it, was oh, like, okay. it was just like of the time. Yeah. Um, so all, all the boys in my school thought it was really cool. Though. All the cool girls, not bad all the girls, were like we want a Jetta. I'm like, okay. Oh, Dad, you just Christina just I said, said all the hot popular girls had a Jetta. That's so, so funny. True. All the hot popular girls and all the guys that turned out to be gay when they were adults. Yeah, like, all <laughs> yeah. Jettas. Yeah, Jetta's like the official car yes. of the not out gay man. Yep. <laughs> um, but I mean, maybe that would maybe they would still like Jettas. We just don't have cars here. Um, but anyway. Uh, so I remember going to Amnesia and the rule was we would drive and which Who's we? A bunch me of your and friends? my friends. Okay. I would slam as many people in the bucket seats as I possibly yeah. could. <laughs> which is 50, not a 50%, lot. 50%, not a lot of seatbelts. Yeah. Um, and I would stuff all my friends in the back and we'd, of course, take the T-tops off. But yeah. it's night. So what, it's fine. We'd drive across the Mexican border, just cruise on over to Mexico. Oh, they don't even care. No. They just let you go. My boyfriend shits. went to... Uh, to go to Mexico and they just walked across the border. No one even asked for oh, yeah. a passport. Well, they only ask when you're coming back. Yeah. Only, yeah. They're like, I'm like, that's country. They're like, you bye. And then they're <laughs> like, oh, wait, you want to come back? Okay, we got to check this. But yeah. anyway, um, I would go and I would pay this. There would be this guy that hung out in this parking lot <laughs> and I would pay him $10 to watch my car, but I would pay him $5 at the beginning of the night and $5 when I got out. <laughs> wait, to watch your car to make sure no one like jacked broke- my car. Oh. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty so you dangerous. just sit in the parking lot? Yeah, he just sat in the parking lot. He was oh. going to sit in the parking lot either way. Yeah. So like he, was just, my car, he, yeah. he wasn't working at the parking lot, let's be clear. He yeah. was just a guy just that was chilling. just sitting. Um, <laughs> so but he was good. always there. Yeah. So um, we'd go to this club called Amnesia. And that was one of our main stops. And the rule was that it was... $10 to get in and then you open bar all night. Oh my God. Night. Fucking yeah. shit. But that's if you came after 10 p.m., $10 all you can drink, which is not Amnesia, great for people. No kidding. For people that are have, 15. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. If I had uh, my hands on oh, open bar at 15, no. I'd be in the ER. But guys, the better thing was because I was such a frugal, cost-efficient young lady, 
and I had to pay this other guy 10 bucks. I'm like, oh, I'm like 20 bucks in? Like, no. So the rule was if you got there before 10, it was free and free open bar. What? What the fuck? How did they make Is any Amnesia money? Is Amnesia still open? Amnesia it's a weird did not business model. have a great business model. <laughs> yeah. But I will say that the majority of people did come after 10. I was usually the only, 957 walking through the door, waltzing through the door with so much pride. Yeah. I was like, Discount. Pour me a rum and coke, please. And wait, Um, in Mexico, can you just drink at any age? Yeah. Yeah. Or they just overlooked it. Yeah. And then I remember there was this other bar down the street. Um, and I would like make out with the bartender and Sasha owner who was 40. And I'm like 15. And I'm like, now, oh my God. I'm like now thinking back, like that wasn't great. When I was 15, though, I would have thought that was hot. <laughs> that yeah. But think great. 15 and a 40 year old. Yeah. That's how like, he was like, he was like, he was like definitely a hot 40. Like he wasn't like, <laughs> well, thank God. Yeah. Oof, then it's I mean, fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wasn't great decisions at all. Yeah. But you're young. You're young and you're like, yeah. I want to feel like I'm taking risks. Yeah. That was more his adventure. bad decision yeah. than yours. Yeah. yeah you are. You, that's normal. I'm that like, he's a business fun. owner. He's got his life together. Oh, <laughs> you but, were always, well, you really business. like it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, he's, he's got his own thing. And, and then, but then he would like tell me about his wife and, and I, oh. and I would, you know, at 15, I wasn't looking to date him. I was just like, <laughs> oh, I'm fun. And they have this crazy <laughs> shot that you would take. And then you'd have to sit on the counter and take it. And they'd put your head in this machine. Oh Whoa, and they'd like, wait, the machine what? would just shake your head. <laughs> wait, hold on. That sounds unsafe. <laughs> I've got to go to this place. <laughs> no. Honestly, we stopped going because the cartel was like cutting people's heads off. Oh, it's so annoying. And I hate it when that it's happens. Like you had a good spot. What party pooper. Totally hate it when the cartel that's, does Maybe that. that's what that machine's for, so they can't cut off your yeah. heads in a machine. <laughs> hey, guys, my hey, head's Hey, for over one there. second, the cartel cannot behead you. Oh, my well, God. Also, Hashtag blessed. Also, my favorite drink at the time was a flaming Dr. Pepper, which was actually on fire. So it wasn't like Ooh. the best mode of decision-making of my life, but it was a lot of fun. I was yeah. also eating from street carts that were un refrigerated at that time as well, which also was <laughs> That's not the a most good. atrocious part of the whole thing. I mean, to be it. honest, I'm more ashamed of that than <laughs> about the 40 year old bartender. <laughs> oh but yeah, God. so really crazy going, growing up process, um, in high school. And then I went to a private college and had like, you know, the normals. I was a sorority girl, which Did was any weird sex shit oh. happening along the uh, way or interesting or traumatic, you or know, happy what? Or I was sad. a little bit of like, you know, whenever you're like an, you're kind of a prude, you're like, I'm not going to have sex with you, but I'll do everything else. Yeah, but you I'll know. blow you up, put my hand yeah. up your butthole. Yeah, I think, I think for me, the first sexual experience I ever had was, um, I was watching like, um, you know, when VH1 used to play like pop-up video? Pop-up yes. video. It was yeah. so good. I and I remember being like, why do I feel funny during some music videos? Like, why do I... I feel weird. So this is another rock story. This relates to rock. Yes. Again. Oh, I thought you were talking about rock and roll. No, I I wish. Rocks. Like actual stones. Rocks. But the thing thing was like in like the late (laughs) 90s, collecting rocks was so hot. It really was. Whoever marketed that deserves an award. I still have my collection and it's really good. We're going to convince the kids to really want to buy our rocks. Definitely (laughs) was a parent who came up with that. And they were like, this is all we have. The kids can't (laughs) fuck up the future with rocks. Not these rocks. My my grandmother lived next to this like babbling brook. (laughs) And um, the brook... A lot of rocks. So, a lot of rocks, but they were all smooth because the, Ooh, right, the river was, had been flowing the over The river them. had been flowing over the rocks. And so I remember we took a bunch of rocks from my rock, rock collection, clearly. And I brought them home to Texas. And I remember watching Papa video being like, I feel weird. Like, this is, 
I think this is what like sexy feels like. And then you I remember I put rocks in my underwear and I was just sitting there with rocks in my underwear, like a weirdo. <laughs> and then I would like, I was like, you know what would feel better? If some my pressure mom was, was involved in this. <laughs> no, I put them in the freezer. Ooh. Oh, not where I thought you were going. Then I put them in my underwear. But oh. you know what? You know what I heard recently is like jade eggs that you put up your crotch now to like strengthen your pelvic floor oh, are actually a thing. So I was like onto this whole like jade Did egg thing. Did you put like the rocks before wow. babbling brook up you no, or no. in your underwear? I, I did. I just did my underwear because I was oh. like, that feels weird. Did you get off on it? No. Oh. I just thought it felt like, I was like, oh, put rocks you, know, you know, you kind of are like discovering that you have parts of you that yeah. have different sensations, which is totally well, weird. And putting a texture like a rock from a right. babbling brook that's like a, against your vagina. Like yeah. that's a, that sounds fun. The yeah, smoothness, the coldness. Yes, like yes. I think that's just like, like a sensation. Yeah. yeah, it sounds I fun. I think, you know, it was just, a, it was a break from like the days of the week underwear that I was totally. wearing at the time. <laughs> you know, but I mean, I was, I think I grew up like in a culture that was like a party culture. You know, I think it was, there was definitely like, for me, especially like, being in clubs and things like that as a young kid, you just saw a lot of stuff. What'd you say? I mean, I mean, people would be like, you know, giving blowjobs in a club and stuff like that. And you just see them. But I mean, but then it was like horrible. I mean, like amnesia had the second story was the floor was plexiglass. You could see up girls' skirts. Oh, you know? And so you're like, this isn't great. This would not pass in 2018. Like, Mm -hmm. no, like, and, and, but I'm glad I had that kind of wild moment in my you know, in my life because it actually like probably made me a more smart adult. I didn't go through the adult crazy stage of being like off the rails because yeah. I was like, I've been around this before. And my Something. mom. But when you get to clubbing and it expires yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah. And also you're like, I, I went to college. And I was like, wait, I can't go to clubs here. Why? Because yeah. I was 18 and right. I was not in a foreign country. So I think I kind of like had my partying stages and, and, I think I was ready to get serious and I really had New York on the brain by the time, mm. by the time college really hit, I was like anything I can do to get to New York city. I'd been wanting to live here since I was eight years old. Um, I think home alone two had a lot to do with that. Oh, oh, home alone two. One shaped, of my favorite films. Shaped Guys, our lives. We interviewed Devin Rattray. It was one of the most memorable <sighs> oh, moments my. of my life. Okay, but here's the thing. Like nothing is actually the same except for like the pigeon lady i know even the plaza's apartments now yeah I well i did I, one of the first things i did was go to the lobby of the plaza hotel how you was it, it was good. there's a whole mall on the lower level that's pretty fun i didn't I know. know about that i mean he could have really explored that he in, like, could <laughs> it wasn't featured in the film so i didn't even know it existed. just donald trump which scarily <laughs> is there a duncan right? yeah no um, i know that's so weird there, no, Duncan Sweet Trust is something. Is, is wasn't, something it, yeah. wasn't it like supposed to be modeled after like FAO Schwartz? That's what I thought. Yeah, to me that it, it gives FAO Schwartz vibe. Yeah, they just didn't want to pay FAO Schwartz. But yeah, um, I think I think so. Like New York was just on my mind at that time, and I was just like all business. I was like, so did you date in college? <laughs> yes, I did. I was definitely. I, I I think I I was. We all hung out in like a big friend group, and all the guys were like kind of not my type because they were just like frat guys yeah and and i'm like it, it still wasn't my thing so i managed to find like you know the grungy musicians i was gonna say what's your like type that. of the punk rock guy yeah yeah well in high school mm-hmm. i dated a punk rock guy he was definitely like my first crush and like boy and he like rode bmx and like was nice. in a punk rock band called downshift did he have gauges <laughs> in his ears um no but i think he did later in life nice. but but Ooh. it's like then you look back and you're like what 
It's been but so late. my so the type has kind of evolved now. I mean, yeah. I I I tend to date like younger guys than I am. Yeah. How um, how much younger? How old are you? I'm 32. Okay. Oh, me too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, girl. Um, I mean, I'll date as young as 21. Yeah. Yeah. And you found like you can relate. Yeah. You know, it's, awesome. it's funny. Like, I think we, I don't feel 32. I don't know what 32 feels like, but I me don't feel neither. like it. Yeah. I feel so I'm much. Like, I don't know what that means. I feel like I have like the maturity of a 32 year old. I think I have a maturity of like a 98 year old grandmother. Yeah. And sometimes I feel that deeply on a Friday night. I'm like, I'm going to take a bath. <laughs> um, but I think what is fun is people are like age has nothing to do with people's like intellect, how totally. old they are as a person inside. And so, you know, I'm like, there's 50 year old men that act like children and there's 21 yeah. year old men that I was look gonna really ask you, great have, have and, you, <laughs> who look was, really great and who have a little more maturity to them. Okay. So you have been on dates with 21 year old men that are like, okay, this is, yeah, was an interesting intellectually stimulating evening. Yeah. And I think Good. like, I think, like I said, my New York dating life has been like, I've really enjoyed dating in New York. I have been in like, obviously long-term relationships and things like that, but I just, it is so fun. And I think part of it's connected to what I do it, to meet people mm-hmm. and to sit down and listen to their stories. And I think especially here, everyone kind of comes with a new tale to tell. Oh yeah. And so, um, it's really fun to uncover that. And it's, it's kind of like the magic of every time you step into a room with someone, you're like, could be, this be someone I work with? Could this be a friend? Could this be the love of my life? Like that feeling of magic never goes away for me. Mm-hmm. When, before I go on a date, I always listen to the thong song. <laughs> it's my pump up jam. I listen to it with head. I bring headphones every time I go on a date and I listen I to the thong it. song as outside I'm outside the venue. Yes. <laughs> as I am walking up to meet a person for the first time, I will have you listen to the, to the thong, thong song. song. Yes. Uh, Cisco follows me on Instagram. Oh, wow. Whoa. Have you ever met him? Claim to fame. Um, I have not, but it is, I don't dream about my wedding because I don't really necessarily care about being married. But um, my one goal in life is to have Cisco uh, do the first dance at my wedding. Not be the man I'm dancing with, but perform it. Perform. Does he know the about this? Song? Is that why he follows you? No, he actually follows me organically, <gasps> which is wow. crazy. What a coinky dink. Yeah, I know. And I used to go to clubs in New York when I first moved here because I don't go to clubs now, clearly. But I would go and I would try to make the DJs play the thong song twice in a row. And that would be my goal every Saturday night. Can like, anybody do can't, it? Oh, yeah. What? More often than not. What? I have. What I had do they a, got to lose? I had a very, and they, they were like, we Some know this. Some of them are pretentious though. Now they are. Now they're like taking their art seriously. Yeah. Back then this is like pianos they're and like, people uh, are like. Oh my God, upstairs a piano. Yeah, people were just like, yeah, whatever. We'll play as much juvenile and Cisco <laughs> yeah. as you want. Oh, dude. Um, It was just like a cheap, easy sell. Yeah. And people are too drunk to notice if it's twice. And so. I just think it's a really long song. Yeah. Which, about thongs. Which. Now thinking about the thong song, not great to women, not a great messaging point, but still very fun to dance Hilarious. to. Do you wear thongs? No, hate them. Who does? I, I used to wear thongs <laughs> all the time. And now, nope. I saw a girl yesterday when I was working out and her pants were very see-through, which I was like, we should talk about that because pants, they got to make better pants for <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, sometimes they make pants. I feel like the people who buy them don't know that they're see-through. Oh, I know Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Yeah. Nobody knows. And, and that's rude. And then everyone it's can see your butthole and you're like, what? 
Well, that's uh, why I got a thong on. Well, she had a thong on and I was like, I really wanted to tap her on the shoulder and say, isn't, aren't you uncomfortable in that working out? Like I would be so uncomfortable working out in a thong. I don't wear underwear to work out. I don't know about you guys. No. I oh, yeah. I do. You do? Wait, yeah. we got one no and one yes. I don't. I really rarely I don't ever wear underwear get ever. the juices on my workout pants. Just want to get on my underwear. <laughs> but then you're going to wash the pants anyway, no? Yeah, but I'll definitely wash the underwear right after. Maybe I'll mm. do, maybe I'll do two. I don't really sweat a lot in my workouts. I lift weights. Yeah, me so too. I don't sweat a lot. So, I mean, I, I will wash the underwear, but uh, maybe the I'll pants, do like you might do a two workout mm-hmm. run for each, yeah. each time, you know? Okay, yeah. Um, I... I, that's been a highly contested topic on my Instagram of like, like I get that question all the time. Yeah. So much so that I had to do answer, you wear it, I answer it in a and a No. Uh, do you wear underwear when you work out? People, Whoa. Are, people are mystified. People are mystified. Do most people don't? Um, it's, it's, it's a toss up. A lot like of workout this. pants and, and, uh, shorts are constructed so that you don't need to, like they have built in underwear or like, obviously like pants, like I'm wearing now, you can't really wear underwear with them. You would see a whole huge line. The only time if I wear gappy shorts, like more like running shorts, yeah. I wear underwear because yeah, then my see. trainer will see up into my yes, birth vagina. canal. Um, and you do not want a trainer in your birth <laughs> you canal. As much as I'd like to give you a glance for free of my birth canal. You have to pay extra for that. Yeah. yeah. If you want to pee. You got to pay me. Yeah. Venmo me. I'm paying you. Oh my God. Venmo me back. Um, so we have to wrap up soon, but I just want to kind of uh, talk really briefly about how you got into starting a company. Like, you, you know, that you did the chocolate selling and then you kind of really went out and made made yourself an entrepreneur because I think that's a really interesting story. I was kind of looking into it last night. So you moved to New York the day uh, the day that you took your final exam yep. uh, from college. You were on a plane that day, yep. which is like fucking amazing. Two two suitcases. You were out. <laughs> I was like so out. My mom's like, what about the graduation ceremony? I'm like, fuck it. Why would I come back for this? That's, now? that's awesome. I'm like, why would I wear that stupid hat? I don't, <laughs> my hair does not cooperate with that hat. Um, no. So I, I moved to New York. I interned at Nylon Magazine, which Ooh, cool. I I like was that was my dream internship. I got it. Cool. And it was it was the coolest experience because it was like very much when nylon was like hot at the time. But then I realized like I don't want to be these people mm-hmm. that were my I didn't want my boss. I didn't want my boss's job. I didn't want my boss's boss's job. And it really kind of threw me for a loop because I was like everything I'd ever planned for was working in magazines. And I'd started a magazine in college. I'd, I'd wow. interned at so many magazines. Is so like, I remember getting so desperate to intern that I, I interned at a home foreclosures magazine because they didn't have <laughs> anything else in Fort Worth, Texas. And I was like writing about home foreclosures. And I was like, this is this is how I make it in magazines. <laughs> like they're going to see this on the resume. So yeah, I, I, you know, I was kind of like disheartened by that. Um, but then I was like, okay, well there's something else for me. And so I remember seeing this job on Craigslist. It was for a marketing PR assistant coordinator kind of job. And I applied and it was with this furniture designer in the like architecture and home space. And I was like, I probably could do that. Um, and I remember sitting at a Roma cafe on Houston <laughs> Street and, I see and yeah, and he was like, my boss, or, you know, the owner was like, well, I'm not seeing any qualifications you have for this job. And I'm like, yeah, I like, I really don't, but Me either, I said, you know, here's the thing. I think I'd be really good at it. And I, I said, <laughs> I said, give me three months and I will fire myself at the end of three months if I'm bad and I'll find you someone new. And he was kind of like, 
I think he was kind of just blown away by my like precociousness, but also maybe also tired of looking for someone. I don't know. Um, That's the kind of line that you would hear like out of a young man in a movie. But I think it's just like not the kind of a ballsy like I don't really have anything to back this up, but I'm just going to say it and then figure it out. Kind of and I I think like more women should do that. Yes, it's like more women should should ask the guy out. Yeah. Too. Like yeah. I just think women need to put themselves out there more because you're everyone is capable of it. And half the people are bullshitting anyway. So women just bullshit too. Fake yeah, it till you make it. it. Yeah. And I kind of was just like, I know I can figure it out. Yeah, because of course I, you can. Because I truly like in my gut knew that I could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I knew I would make it past three months. Yeah. And so, you know, I I I didn't just bluff. I knew, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's like if women could just speak their truth a little yeah, more. And you feel the fire. Yeah. You feel that that pit in your stomach. And I feel like a lot of a lot of people, mostly women, push that down and then yeah. don't listen to them. Like, and I think it's about, it. it's about like um, knowing the things you're capable of, but then also like speaking them out is the scariest thing for us, I think, because what if we fail? What if we're not perfect? What if someone doesn't believe Failing us? Failing is exciting. Yeah. It's great. It's you're going to learn. And then that's the ne- uh, closer you get to a yes. And I think, I mean, I, some, I think sometimes I think it's exciting. I think I think whatever, whether you fail or whether you succeed, you are closer to the place you're supposed to be. Yeah. So whatever it inches you closer to what's for you, you know? And so, um, he gave me the job and he's like, I don't have anyone to train you. I'm like, okay, well I can train myself. All I need is a laptop. And then he gave me like an Acer laptop. I'm like, no, this isn't okay. This is not what I, <laughs> it's not fully what I want. I wanted a Mac, but, um, I worked my way up to that, but I ended up staying there for eight years and Whoa. I became the marketing director. I was like, you know, the second in command of the owner. Um, and it was such a cool, experience because I really was able to prove myself, but then also like- And learn. And, and build something. And, yeah. and I tumbled a lot and I tried things that didn't work. And I and I think the freedom of doing that and having a boss, especially a man who trusted me with those kinds of things, really empowered me as a woman. Yeah. And really taught me to like trust my gut, but also trust my knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, it isn't about just like trusting our feelings. It's about saying, no, I know this shit. Because yeah. I, I I actually have the knowledge for this. And um, it was it was a really, like, th- great thing to work under, like, a straight white male that actually, like, Good encouraged me in that way. And so I never, I mean, we everyone has their own bullshit and personality and whatever, but we really got along and he definitely gave me a lot of freedom. And so I was kind of like, well, after eight years, I was like, I haven't been on another interview ever. Um, in my life. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, I should probably go on an interview at some point. And my friend um, Abby was like, oh, this company ClassPass I work for, they're hiring. They're hiring a social media person at that time. Yeah, we saw the CEO talk. Yeah. Uh, So interesting story. Women of the Year Awards. Yeah. They were a really small startup at this time. And I was like, oh, that'd be kind of fun to work at another small company. Yeah, like a $3 billion company. Yeah, now they're like, I mean, now they're like crazy. But I started an Instagram account for this job interview. So I started my Instagram account that I have now. It was then called Get Fit Brooklyn, not my name anymore. But I started documenting my fitness life. And I had been 225 pounds a long time ago. By this time, when I started this Instagram account, I was like, had lost 70 pounds. I wasn't documenting my weight loss or transformation. I was just sharing my sharing my life. Yeah. Um, and I remember doing the phone interview and the girl was like, 
You don't have any experience. I'm like, I've heard this before. I'm like, I'm like, Says no, you. I think I'd be really good at it. I have this fitness Instagram and I have 300 followers <laughs> and I know it can get better. And um, she was like, yeah, we can't, we can't hire you. Like uh. based on like no experience in this thing. And I was like, okay. But I, I really loved the interactions I was having with women from all over the world, whether it be 300 people or, or a lot more every day talking about our lives and I found it like such a weird place on the internet to to like relate, do life every day with a bunch of strangers and talk to them like friends. And I was like, this is interesting. And like something about that felt good. So I kept doing it. And then two weeks later, my boss of eight years pulled me aside. We went to this restaurant on Park Avenue and he started crying and he was like, oh. he was like, this is probably the stupidest thing I'll ever do. He's like, but... He's like, you're an entrepreneur and I can't pay you what you're worth and you need to go out and do your thing. And he's like, I'm going to pay you for two months. Go start a company. Yeah. What a good straight white guy. Yeah. That's it so was awesome. That's great. Though, because I feel, like, I feel like bosses are so selfish sometimes and keep you in a place because you're good at something, keep you down, even yeah. though you know it's like, it's like you've outgrown it. Yeah. And, and they want to continue to take advantage of it. Exactly. So to like, to let someone go and kind of nurture somebody new is the nicest thing you can and also, do. Wow. And also to say, what a good not guy. only am I going to let you go and yeah. like, let you figure it I'm out. Gonna I'm going to give you a severance yeah, package, basically. Like, I'm going to empower you up. through like actual finances to go do something. Mm-hmm. And I remember wow. he said, you know, your last day is in two days. And I was like, damn, okay. He's like, take the rest of the day off. Take the day off tomorrow. Because yeah, you worked for, out- for eight years. Yeah. You earned that. That's yeah. really cool. He was like, go figure out what you want to do and then come in on Friday, pack up your desk. And he's like, whatever you do, I'll be your client. And he's like, I'll hire you. And he what if it was like, vagina said, jewelry? Um, I think we would have <laughs> reluctantly. We, said we yes. would have to take a few turnarounds and how to like he can maybe get it for his lady friend. Right, the right, jazzle right. baby. Um, I'm a vajazzling expert now. Remember that when that had a thing and yes. all the, all the yeah. taxis and all the taxis in New York, they were talking about how like someone was getting vajazzled and they were like, it's a thing. I'm like, in a it's taxi? not. Yeah, that never really caught on in like, taxi TV. Taxi TV. Yeah, it was oh, like it was like no. everyone's getting vajazzled. I'm like nobody. A lot of reality shows women are. But we're not that dumb. <laughs> yeah. So basically, um, as I was, I decided to become an event planner. And the scariest email I've ever sent was on that Friday, pushing that send button to every single person I'd known professionally and personally and saying, this is where you can find me. And this is what I'm going to be doing. And I contemplated writing that email or just saying, hey, here's my personal email. Keep in touch. I'll let you know when I figure it out. Even though I'd already built a website and ordered business cards, ah. you know, and I... That 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 moment of deciding of which email draft to send was me as a woman saying, like, do I believe myself? Like, mm-hmm. again, again, do I believe what, you know, do I believe this about myself that I can? Yeah. You know, and about 10 minutes later, I got an email back from this menswear designer, another straight white male, emailed me back and said, I want to be your first client. You helped me whenever I was first starting out. And he had gained so much success and he was like, I want to be your first client. He's like, I don't have any events to plan, but I, well, let's make one. You can plan an event and then plan the event for the event. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Eventception. So I'm going to yeah. cry. No, it was such story. a, it was such a heartwarming thing. And to have people really believe in you fully yeah. as like a woman and like, and to have a man do that yeah. too. It means a lot because I think when a man is condescending to a woman in a way that you're like, Oh, this is so disappointing. And it's hard. It, it feels like it's a, this kind of, it's like beyond bullying. It's not even like that. It's not even like when a woman snarks at you or something. When a man does that, it just feels 
yeah. horrible. So, so that experience, I mean, see men, like if you empower another woman and lift her up, we can like, we can talk about you on a podcast. Helpful. Nice. You're giving yeah. back to the world. I just yeah. think it's so wonderful well, when people also, do that for each other. I think it actually like these types of experiences really changed how I approach feminism though, because yeah. it, it didn't make me like, I've had a, of course I've had a lot of shit experiences with men. I've had a lot of shit experiences with people, Yeah, but I've also had these really like redeeming things. That's and wonderful. so, you know, if you can take a step back and say, you know, that's like redefining feminism. It's like feminism got a bad rap for a long time and it's about, it's not about hating men. It's not about, you know, protecting ourselves. It's about knowing our worth yeah. and, and, and speaking out and fighting well, for the, the fairness protection of all you people. need for yourself yeah. is knowing your worth yeah. because you're set. If you really have a good grip, uh, grip on that, you, the world is, it's endless possibilities. Yeah. And so I think these things really laid the groundwork for me to feel capable and, and, and it sucks sometimes because, um, you know, I, I did that first event and it was successful and I did it like three weeks later. For that guy? Yeah. I threw a what dinner. was the event? He was, he was like, I want to have a dinner party at my house. Let's make a dinner party. And I remember him, him telling me, he's like, come to my office. Let's talk about it. And I remember going to his office and being like, he's like, okay, what are your rates for a thing? And I'm like, I will get that yeah, how to do you, you later. How that? That's I, a good question. I mean, I, I still decide that on Instagram. Now I have a manager that helps me do those things. But, but you know, at the time I was like, it felt expensive to be like every hour is $70 for this. And I'm like, no. And I remember the feeling of sending my rate package over. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. And I asked for what I believed I was worth. I didn't try to lowball it because I was new or I'd never done it really before on my own. I'd plan mm. events at my old job, but but I'd never done it on my own. And I, I had all these excuses of why I wasn't worth what I thought I was worth. And I was like, no. Like, we're not going to do that. Yeah. And also, like, the worst thing they can say is, I can't afford that or no. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so after that, what was so amazing is I brought in another female collaborator, like, who was doing a similar thing, but she was a chef, brought her in to do the food. And I was able to, like, kind of, like, mobilize other people and other women doing kind of similar to what I was doing. So it's like, I was like, someone gave me this amazing gift mm-hmm. of of an opportunity. And then I was able to give opportunity. And that still like brings me so much joy now. Like I have a small team and it makes cool. me so happy now. It's cool to have a team. Yeah. To be like, I get to, even if, even if it's a part-time assistant, even if it's an intern, even if it's, you know, like giving back to my manager or whatever, it's about like having women around you that not only like you've been so like so generously like kind of gifted with opportunity. It's like, okay, I'm constantly thinking of like, how do I give back? How do I, you know, I don't like editing my YouTube videos. Okay. I need to hire a woman to part-time edit my YouTube videos, even if it's a stupid, you know, small fraction of their income. Yeah. Like those kinds of things are how we build. Yeah. And so, um, long story short, I did event planning for a long time for about a year and a half. Instagram then was growing um, organically. I've never paid for a follower. I've never joined any sort of So people thing. can pay for followers? Yes. People okay. do that all the time. You okay. know, people buy comments. People do all the things. I've never, comments, I've never, wow. I've never purchased a, a person on Instagram. And I <laughs> want to always be the thing to be like, every single person is here because they want to be here and because they found something of worth here. Yeah. Um, but what was so crazy is like that was growing as my event planning thing was growing and I was like going crazy. And so January of last year, I was like, okay, the end of the day, the day I got fired, I went to a diner on 33rd and Lexington. And I wrote down all the things that were important to me 
I was like crying and eating scrambled eggs and F- drinking a lot what? of coffee. Fire, like kind of let go from that that initial job. The, the eight the, year long? The very nice firing. Oh, oh right. Yeah. The guy was like, let yes. you go on your path. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Who, who freed me. Um, but I remember sitting in the, a diner that that day. It was, I had walked around for like two hours and I was like frozen. I was like, okay, I'm going to sit here. And I remember writing down on a notepad that I had all the things that I loved in the world. And all the things that made me happy because I was so desperately trying to figure out what I would do. Yeah. And what I centered back was all the things that were written on that piece of paper were about people. Mm-hmm. I loved mm-hmm. people, you know, whether it was celebrating people or relationships with PR people I had had or or um, collaborations I'd done. It all centered around people. And so whenever I decided in January to go from event planning and kind of putting a break on that business to pursue my personal brand, because I, there's so many things I want to do, you know, people always say like, oh, do you feel bad that you aren't doing event planning anymore? You're not, you kind of abandoned that business. And I say no, because the thing I wrote on that piece of paper that day was people. And I still, I still, that I, that my, my business is centered around people still. Mm-hmm. And so the thing is, is I haven't given up any part of the dream I had. Yeah, It's just come in a different kind of format. And what's your business now? Yeah. So I am building a personal brand. I basically want to become millennial Oprah. <laughs> okay. Um, so I want to just talk to people, but particularly women about their lives and um, try to shift the world in any possible way I can toward a more positive direction, but through like a realistic viewpoint. And so it's really fun for me to be able to, I'm a writer, so I love writing content on Instagram, but also for different publications. I do a lot of on-camera stuff. I get to be in shoots. And what's so awesome is my favorite part is actually working with brands because we're going to consume advertising whatever way. Yeah. But but if it can be a woman telling the story, if it can be a woman of color telling the story, if it can be someone that actually gives a shit about the audience like deeply, mm-hmm. my thing is like, I can help tell a better story even in my advertising. Yeah. You know, even if I'm trying to sell well, yeah, you a lip gloss, it's like I can sell this to you in a way that actually honors who you are. I know. I get so frustrated with our ad copies sometimes because I'm like, I get this product and I think it's really exciting. Yeah. Please let me run with it because yeah. I know I can, I know I can give a pitch that's genuine that comes from the heart that isn't coded in bullshit like so many advertising. Well, and, I, and I think it's, it's a difference that you guys and, and me similarly, like I don't work with brands I don't like. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't work with brands that, that don't align. Bad. Yeah. And I also, you know, I mean, there have been people I've worked with that, um, you know, I've probably, I mean, I've turned down close to 100K in finances yeah. last year for, of Instagram Real moral, stuff. I mean, because yeah. I'm like, I'm like the the thing that I, the kind of the process I always go to is like, is this like good for my soul? Is this good for the audience that is consuming this? Yeah. And, or am I feeding them garbage? Yeah. And and these are the two things that I, I have allegiance to before anything else. Like I have allegiance to myself and my honor and their, their value first. And, yeah. and I, and I kind of put that barometer on anything I'm doing. I, I only have one time ever posted something. It was very early on. It's one of my first like paid things on Instagram. And I remember the pit of my stomach feeling like I didn't want to push that button mm-hmm. to post the thing. And Why? I remember because I didn't believe in it. Oh, okay. It wasn't bad. Yeah. It was just, I didn't believe you in it. You weren't amped on it. Yeah. I was just like, I never want to feel that again. And I will never do that again. Like yeah. I will never feel that feeling. And so 
what has been awesome for me, I mean, Adidas, for an example, I'm one of their brand ambassadors, but, you know, I was in campaign all over the world and to see like a not size four yeah. woman, woman mixed, nice. a mixed woman yeah. who, you know, is really athletic, but not a size two. And also who isn't a professionally trained athlete, who isn't a trainer, yeah. who literally just likes fitness because it, it you know, it, it kind of like increases her happiness. Yeah. And, um, and it makes her feel good about herself. But to see even if it wasn't me to see that projected on like billboards is such a, and I don't give a shit that I'm on a billboard really. Like I don't need to be, I'm not trying to be famous, but I do think having influence in the world can help you get to your goal faster of like changing the sure, world. Of course. And so like in that moment of being so proud that that is what women were seeing yeah, rather than something else, it made me feel so proud of not only myself, but like proud of the way our culture is moving. Mm -hmm. And I see that all the time. And every time someone is like, you, you take this and put your brand on it. You put your spin, you tell the story. Every time I get to film a commercial or something, and there's an interview portion where it's like, you know, you're inserting your own personal anecdote and they're like, and I'm like, they're like, say what you want to say. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, that feels really good. And so you know, whether it be in the book I am writing or a podcast I'm developing or ad copy or whatever it is, mm-hmm. like the 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 fact that I've have the capability and opportunity to actually like change this shit yeah. in some way, just like you guys have with with this podcast, you know, we have a lot of things that are so we're so wrapped up in and it's we're just slowly like unraveling this you know we're slowly freeing ourselves from these things and it feels so good to get messages every day and people being like I feel more like myself because of the things that Seeing you're doing you and and it's not about like oh I'm doing such a good job I just the 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 fact that people out there feel better about who they are mm-hmm is so fucking good. Like it's so fucking good. It's the, it's like this, this feeling of satisfaction, not of what I'm doing, but of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and of where we're moving. They're being part of it. They're part of your thing. Yeah. And I'm part of theirs, you know, and being able to really like cheer people on in a genuine way, like strangers, like is such a strange thing. And, but to be able to really like advocate for them and fight for them and when I'm in meetings with like powerful people being like that story is not the right story that we should be telling yeah. and being able, like, I, I mean, I remember doing a campaign who with someone that shall not be named, but I was kind of, wasn't tricked. a famous person. I wasn't, uh, no, it was with a brand, but oh, okay. I, um, they ended up correcting their error. So I'm, I'm not going to hate on them, but, but they, they kind of came with me with a very vague idea. And then they, I was like, okay, I think we can like, yeah, if that's, if that's all that, if all that's all that is, it's like a, I can tell actually have a really great angle for this. And they came back with this idea that was really demeaning to women mm-hmm. and was really like, they were trying to not be demeaning to women, but they were. But in that yeah. process, we're being more demeaning, which happens yeah, so which often. When you have to try so, hard to not be demeaning, oh, you're probably going to come off as very demeaning. It's, yeah. it's, it's just, 
I was actually very shocked. <laughs> I've noticed that lately in the Me Too stuff. It's like people are trying way too hard to not be X, Y, Z. And it's like, just be yourself. OK, yeah. yeah. Well, like, even the Oscars was like, here's another montage of women doing yes. it. Yeah. And I was like, please or like, stop. Or like, here's a bunch of people that we would never <laughs> elevate to celebrity status because they're not quite good looking oh, enough. Yeah. But like, yeah. But like, look, Dove. Look, they're here. They're here. We let regulars Look, in. These fatties came yeah. on set yeah. and we didn't even win. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. it was, I mean, you're not a just, hero. There's so that. much of that. But yeah. But I remember going back to the the brand and saying, I don't care how much money this is. I don't care. I'm not doing this. And then being like, whoa, 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 like, wait, let's talk about this. And I appreciated that they wanted to talk about it. And I'm like, Yeah, that's great. I'm like, but here, here's the thing. This is not okay. And I know you have other people participating in this. I'm like, have it, has anyone else said anything? Yeah. I'm like, they've got to have it goes over people's heads or they're not yeah. thinking they can't take a step back. And and they were like, yeah, no, you're the only one that's said anything about this, that this is a problem for them. And I'm like, OK. And, and it was in that moment that I had that initial thought that I think women deal with a lot is I'm being difficult. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, yeah. and, and I've I'm I think we're again, we're constantly undoing these things that have been kind of washed over us for a long time. And I'm like, I'm not being difficult. I'm I'm actually trying to help you. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm trying to tell you that this doesn't speak to women in the proper way that you want it to. And I'm trying to tell you, I'm not gonna just tell you no, but I can help you come up with a solution that actually does yeah. speak to women in a, a better way. And we both win. Right. Yeah. Everyone wins. And that's what ended up happening. It was so successful and Good. so great. And I I was like, you know, I feel very like honored to be um, in any way in a place of having that sort of any sort of influence in those kinds of things. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just been, I think, you know, my story through entrepreneurship and social media and all of these things has, you know, it's come with its ups and downs and hardships and whatever, but it's also come with these like amazing things that I can go then and feel inspired and go try to speak to these things with people um, in the world and and talk about how my failures and my pitfalls have led to some of the greatest things in my life. And, you know, I think when we just tell our stories, like really clearly and honestly and share how we felt along all parts of it, scared, happy, sad, like you had no hope, whatever it is. Indifferent, yeah. <laughs> yeah, indifferent. You know, I think when we tell those things, it it helps us all just feel a little bit more human. Mm-hmm. And there's just a lot to be mined there. You know, like I think if we all can just feel a little bit better about existing in our own bodies and our own minds, you know, the world the world be can, better. The world can change and it yeah. will it will be better. Yeah, it's exciting. Absolutely. And on that note, where Dinner's can Anna. we find you? You can find me on the internet in many places. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'll do Instagram first because okay. it is the easiest. It's um at Shanae Alexander, C-H-I-N-A-E Alexander. And um, you can also find me on YouTube. And you can probably find me retweeting politics oriented things on Twitter um, and then upcoming podcasts and a book. But stay tuned for those things. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us. This was great because I have set very high expectations for everyone in my life, which is not a good thing to do. Uh, But you lived up to them. And that's almost impossible. But that's something I need to work on. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to Guys We Fuck the Anti-Slut Shaming Podcast. We'll talk to you next Friday. I told my mama I won't take it no more. 
I need some help, I need some love I need somebody to touch me, my body is craving attention My intellect lusting for a battle of wits A shoddy with breast, a shoddy with hips But aesthetic, aesthetic is so unique, you know I mean, like, sad. I'm on my search for something good Sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that enables you to improve your mental health from anywhere at any time. Get matched with a licensed therapist from over 2,000 choices and message them whenever you need to. No commutes and no judgments. For a special offer for our listeners, visit Talkspace.com slash GWF and use the code GWF to get $30 off your first month and show your support for this show. Talkspace, it's therapy for how we live today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com.